Hello, Internet friends, and welcome to episode number 119 of Final Boss TV, your WoW and game rating show. I'm your host, my name is Adam K.A.K. Bay, and today's show, we return to the meat and potatoes of what I started all these years ago, finally after all that beta period, and getting that nonsensical mythic world first, 14 hour clear out of the way. That was a great episode though. Last week's episode was Exorcist, you should go watch that. It's on YouTube right now, and iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play Music. But today is Warlocks. There was a poll put up on Twitter. The next show after this will be Rogues, then a pre-BlizzCon show, and then no shows, they'll be at BlizzCon, so there'll be Bay's Takes episodes going up on YouTube. And then there will be a post-BlizzCon show, and then there'll be Mage and Hunter after BlizzCon. These shows are going to be a bit more like super information driven and less about like just like shooting the shit and talking about the class. So each guest I have on today is going to be talking about primarily one spec of Warlock to break them all down. There'll be a little bit of like preamble talk here in a little bit, but then each guest is going to have like a number of questions to get out like hardcore information, like really, really straightforward answers and hopefully to pre like, like future proof these shows going in the future. So, what? Did I say warrior? I did not say warrior. Wait, I said demon hunter. But... <laughs> this is going to be the first time we've done this, so we'll see how this all works out uh, in the end. But there's lots to talk about, so I'll go around the table here and interrupt, in, introduce my uh, my demon hunter guests. So, first time on the show, not... Hello, welcome, sir. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. Do you have on a pair of, uh, pair of shades there? Is that... I don't know. Okay, that's fair enough. We out here. Fair enough. Apparently, we out here. Apparently. We <laughs> Not will be talking about mostly demonology warlock today, which apparently is a spec. Uh, here's, sometimes. Here's, sometimes. Here's Taryn. Hello, Taryn. Welcome to the show. What's up? <laughs> You're going to be talking <laughs> about uh, vengeance today, right? Vengeance? Yeah, yeah, because they do more damage than the spec that I like so. uh Taryn is here for affliction warlock today and then we also bring up the caboose there's pyro who <laughs> suddenly lags out on camera why are you Dude, doing we're not that? lagging we're fine we're good <laughs> we're good with your weird green tinted room yeah, dude. And I you're, had to put the shirt on the lamp, dude. We're, we're making a green old you're, school. You're talking about outlaw rogue today, right? Outlaw, a little bit of assassination. Rolling okay. some dice. Rolling some the, dice, boys. Yeah, the re-roll over to Fire Mage. I mean, let's, oh, okay. we'll talk about that. The uh, the in-game re-roll to Fire Mage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that all makes sense to me. But welcome, gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time today to talk about all this stuff about warlocks. Um... I think the the flub almost there was like my brain telling me make a joke right here it'll be fine and then it's okay, but um, the joke is warlock apparently the joke well I I'm actually kind of glad that the voting happened in the way it did because warlock is first and so all the all the the next four episodes of specs are all going to be they're all pure DPS guns right so rogue warlock mage hunter. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with the fact that Warlock won because it's been a tumultuous transition from 
being amazing in Warlords, getting nerfed to the ground, losing old demonology, getting new demonology, having Affliction's artifact change right before launch, and like, it isn't the same as it was intended to be with the whole soul system, and then you lose embers, it's, all this stuff happened to Warlock. So, how did Warlocks end up after the trip from Warlords to Legion? And I'm gonna throw it over here to Terran real quick first because he's he's fighting the good fight with Affliction Warlocks right now. So, uh, so how did we get from Warlords to here? So we first started off. Affliction was the first spec that was released on on Alpha Beta Gamma, and we had a really weird spell called Reap Souls that did it like started it gave, it did like its damage over forty five seconds. Its first tick happened happened at like ten seconds, and then it like got cut in half the tick time and over and over and over. And it was really weird. It made absolutely no sense. And we posted a bunch of stuff, and that got changed. And now we have Reap, and you have a lot of people that are upset because. It seems like a lot of people seem to think like the artifact right now was designed around that. Um, I don't know. It it's been a long, very bumpy road. Very yeah, bumpy road. It's, it was. I thought it was kind of neat that you'd have this like your souls fly out of you and you can cross dot them and then they die and then you get little short term buffs. But yeah, it, and and the the big thing. So the artifact, it's like it's like a band aid. We'll talk about it a lot more later. But like the yeah. artifact, it's like a band aid for the fact that a dot spec sucks a lot on ads. Like it's really bad on ads inherently because your your dots don't deal all the damage. So um, it does really well. The problem is is now they're in this like really weird balancing act of like how do we not make the single target bad and they're Add damage really good. I don't know. It's a mess. Yeah. Speaking of not, uh, how did Demonology uh, fare from the trip to Legion from Warlords? Um, you sort uh, of you lost something. Yeah, we lost a few things. Uh, Metamorphosis, Demonic Leap. What else did we lose? We lost so many things. Like I, I don't even want to list them. To be honest, I don't even care about all that anymore. <laughs> I'm very much enjoying Demonology in its current state. I don't have any issues with it at all. A lot of people do because it's like the the summon pet, buff pet kind of thing, but mm -hmm. I don't think that's really a really big thing. So you think the, the demonology is it? Because obviously, what your side of this is, I've I've watched like brutal stream demonology and I yeah. tested it in first and second pass, and I was like, it's okay, but is it is it fun? Are you enjoying it now? You said like you don't care about all the stuff you lost. Is the new demonology and legion? Is it is it good? I like it. I think it's a lot of fun. It's what I played for all of progression, actually, and uh, I don't think I did horribly bad, and I don't think I was underperforming at all. I think the buffs that they did to it was putting it to a level where it needed to be, so hmm. I don't have any issues with that. Fair enough. And then, I like I like the playstyle of it, personally. So I, It's there, like old Shadow Priest, but like not as terrible. Wow, whoa, whoa. I mean... <laughs> I never Throwing played. Shade at the Shadow Priest. Well, I never played old Shadow Priest. I don't. I don't. I don't remember how it was. But like, I, I guess it depends. Some people like really micromanaging. And w the way I and why I brought the two of your specs up first, Pyro, whatever, um, is <laughs> when I was doing all the testing. It really felt that like Affliction and Demonology were like almost the exact same thing. Like not to like, like similar. Yeah. Not yeah, to down. Similar. Not to downplay your Dreadstalkers and your Imps and whatnot and your your pet, but. 
Demonology has like dots that are animated, and Affliction just has dots. And yep. you can make your dots explode, so that's fun. That's true. That's true. Right. It both can do that. In a so, sense, yeah, that's true. Not yeah. quite as fun. App so, is not quite as fun as that, but hmm. so it depends on what kind of management you like. And then of course there's like the redheaded stepchild of the warlock specs with destruction. So how did how did destruction go from warlords to Legion, Pyro? Uh oh man. So <laughs> as far as like core rotational abilities, like to be honest, not a lot has changed. Um I think one of the things that has twisted our core and the way that we play the class primarily is the fact that we're now on um, on soul shards. And uh, <laughs> everyone knew I was going to talk about this because <clears throat> me and a lot of other warlocks hate soul shards. Um, I thought it was kind of unusual that they talked about class homogenization and then they gave all three specs soul shards when embers functionally worked fine. Um, the fact that it's not built on ember bits anymore and it's a chance at a soul shard off of a proc of immolate or uh, a guaranteed one-off of can flag makes it kind of problematic in certain situations because you can pool, but beforehand you had a, a pretty good amount of control over over-generating an ember or something like that. Whereas now, if you're sitting on four shards and an ad that you really need to blow up is about to come out, now it's like <clears throat> you could get that immolate proc and then you're just sitting there. You don't want to can flag because it's going to be a waste of a soul shard and you need to use your conflag to cast faster chaos bolts on the ads. So it's like, as far as the core abilities have gone, they haven't really changed too much. Chaos bolt costs two soul shards now, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to the one ember, which I think is okay, but I think they need to maybe make chaos bolt hit a little bit harder. Um, but it's a little strange. I, I personally think the biggest change to the spec is is uh, embers to soul shards, because it's not just a resource change. It really is mechanically a different play style for the class. Yeah, it's, and there's a weird, like, RNG window, not only with, like, the resource management, with, like, this is getting a little ahead, but, like, you bring in, like, Soul Conduit and even, like, a set bonus in the future, and you can either, like, feel yeah. fantastic and you're just, like, turreting out these Chaos Bolts, which hopefully Chaos Bolt gets a new spell animation soon, because, like, really, come on. Um, and then, or you get, like, you throw two and then you're, you're done. Like, there's, like, a weird flip where it feels awesome and then feels bad sometimes, or kind of like really slow. Noodle bolt, chat saying. Um, yep. That's, yeah, I don't know. I felt like destruction was the most straightforward of the three when I was beta testing. It's pretty straightforward, yeah. Um, I think there's little intricacies to it, and I think part of the thing is is that and it, it might go, we'll get into legendaries obviously as well, but there are there are legendaries for Destro that can certainly make a really big difference in in uh, kind of how you play, so, yeah. Fair <clears throat> enough. Fair enough. Um, so, this is like a, this is a weird, like, back-end issue right now that has been coming up a lot. Like, people have been wondering about this, and I talked about this last time on stream and, like, a week ago, where there and this came up on like Zyronic's stream because he plays both warlock and mage and he switched from warlock to mage and so he chat and the community and like reddit and the forums or whatever else has been all about this is like we live in this age right now like preset bonuses like maybe one legendary maybe if you have a good one uh that why is it there is such a disconnect between like, why play a Warlock that needs to turret to cast, like, 98% of their spells where you can just play a Fire Mage and jump around like an idiot and do, like, the same damage? Because everything is instant cast. 
And then if fire mages get to turret, like the warlocks do, they do more damage than the turreting warlock? So I... Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, we can't all, you know what I mean? Like, we can't all have our cake and eat it, too, you know what I mean? Like, we can't have the damage, the the the, the damage resistance, and the mobility. Like, we can't have it all. Right. The thing about it is, and we're, I'm sure we'll talk about this a little more, is Blizzard says, you know, we want Warlocks to be that kind of, like, class that can take a lot of damage, which historically, if you look way back, uh, Warlocks didn't really used to be like that. And like stand except there and do SLSL. damage. Yeah, <laughs> but, but except that huge period of time, I mean, like way back. And <laughs> that one huge period. Yeah. That, that way, that way back. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is, is that they're all they're taking some of that resistance to damage and some of those defensives, and they're they're moving them around on our talent tree so that it, it effectively takes away some of our survivability and forces us into taking a talent that is like. Yeah, the so only pretty much the only option for rating on the tier at that point. Yeah, so they're like, we want you to have defensives, but we're taking some of them away. I'll bring that up on stream right now. As we try to future-proof these shows, and if you're watching this episode like months and months down the road, obviously we are only on like patch 703. This is right before the BlizzCon, all the nonsense. So right before Karazhan comes out. So patch 7.1 is coming out very soon. We're 703 rather, um, and this is the talent change. So you can see it, chat. Here's your talent change for Warlocks. Do you see it? Do you see it? This is live. This is 7.1. Live. So they're moving Demonic Circle to 45 and Demon Skin down to 75. So now what they don't want you to do is on live right now, you can have like Demon Skin and Dark Pact. Right? You can be like, you can have that resilience in the tankiness. But now in 7.1, that you can't do that anymore. Because apparently yep. that, was, that was too good. <laughs> so that's, but they that want was... us to be tanky. Yeah, yeah right. but they want us to be tanky, but they don't want us to be tanky. So <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. It's I, I guess the the most egregious thing here about that whole turreting fire mage argument too. I'll go mm -hmm. back to not is that if demonology has to move, all you have is like residual damage. I mean, obviously you have your you have your imps and your dreadstalkers out, but if you're not constantly building, you're kind of like balanced druid last expansion, where if you can't cast a main spell, you just lose benefit of Eclipse, it's just gone forever. So if you're not building to summon more demons and buff more demons, right? Buff and summon, buff and summon, buff and summon. Mm -hmm. you're, you're... How do you, like... It's just, just that's the weakness of the class, I guess, yeah? I guess so. I, I don't find it too much of an issue anyway, because I just stand in things and then just cast anyway, and I'm going to continue doing that <laughs> until I die at 7.1, <laughs> if that even is a thing. So I just stand in everything and cast anyway. And hey, you got to heal me through it. You got the reduced cooldown on unending resolve, so you're fine. Yeah, thirty right? seconds of reduced cooldown. So, <laughs> so great. So. Oh, that's from your from that's from Thalkiel. Yeah. from the artifact. Yeah. Yeah. And but one thing. Good. Good. No, uh, but, uh, you, you go. Go for it. I was going to say one thing to keep in mind about shifting that talent is the fact that once they put demonic circle on that talent tree. It pretty much, it's funny because you, you pretty much took Demon Skin all the time, no matter what anyway, when it was on that talent tree. But when you switch them, like, then you, you're going to have to pick between Dark Pact and Demon Skin, which you're probably in most situations going to take Demon Skin. And then on that other talent tree, it leaves you with Demonic Circle, Mortal Coil, which is completely useless in a raid. There's pretty much Literally. absolutely zero use for it at all, because if it doesn't actually fear the target, which 99% of mobs in raids are immune to fear, yep. then it doesn't heal you, and it doesn't heal you for very much either way. 
And then Shadow Fury, not only does it have a cast time now, it's pretty much useless unless you can actually stun the target to trigger the legendary CC ring, which is pretty much the only situation where it would be useful. So they're they're not only forcing you to choose between Demon Skin or Dark Pack now, they're pretty much forcing you to take Demonic Circle as well in raid, in raid scenarios. But they want us to give mobility, and that's how they're going to give it to us. Oof, Ooh, Even by giving best. us the spell we had based the, on... Yeah, giving you back what you already yeah. had. Here, have it back yeah. in a talent. Uh, yeah. But, the only right. talent that works. So, a couple little questions here real quick before we move on to the demonology breakdown. Uh, I made a guide for SimCraft and Pawn, and I might be making one for AMR's simulation craft tool as well. But how up-to-date, because we're sitting here with people that actually work on the SimC module, how up-to-date and how reliable is SimC and Pawn for, for the Warlocks? I'll go to Taryn on this one. He might know uh, about this. Yeah, so I help Gato. Uh, with things that are hard with SimCraft, and it is relatively accurate. Demo is highly inflated because it's got a pretty state-of-the-art APL going on that does things that 99.99999% of people can't do in-game uh, just because of timing and, like, perfect execution and stuff. So Demo is inflated, but everything else is pretty accurate, and it's... If I remember, there's only like one or two things that are like weird, and it's like, it's their their differences from live, but it's not enough to be like, you know, yeah. It the the other thing is is it's not a a clear cut like this is what's good and this is what's bad. Right. It's 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 a tool to help for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Like they're not. It's a guide, and it's really good for figuring out, hey, this item sucks, or this item's really good, or why would right. I replace uh, Narlax's something or other that does infinite damage? Uh, like, but other than that, it's not set in stone. Like, sure, sure. It's it's a the the standard disclaimer every show I think is Sims are good, but they are not the end all be all. Right. Anything else to add, gentlemen? No, not? that's. Taryn is the SimCraft guy here. So. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. sure. And then how about, this goes, I guess this will go to not because I've seen your weak auras around. Oh. Um, are there any important add-ons or tools or weak auras for Warlocks? Like for, for live on Legion right now? You want to you wanna plug your your weak auras? Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I could plug them. <laughs> They're on knotsthoughts.com. Uh, it's also on like wago.io. Uh, it's like this huge repository for weak auras. Uh, crash his website right now. Hug of death. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. If, if we all go onto it, it's definitely going to crash, like guaranteed. But um, I would suggest highly for at least demonology having weak auras because there's no way in game for you to tell if your demons are buffed or not. How many demons are out with your wave? Like, it gives you very basic information. And having the weak auras or some kind of tool, there's also some add-ons out there that does it as well. But weak auras is just super customizable, and I would highly recommend using them for sure. Okay, I'll definitely have a link to Knot's weak auras in the video description box below, and of course, we'll almost link them in in chat. You definitely uh, can. Anything else, thing, Pyro? Uh, yeah, or? we kind of rushed over because you you kind of mentioned Pawn right there. Pawn is, um, if you import the proper stat weights, Pawn is is great because um, as far as gearing goes, there's so much variance with Titan Forging and um, 
you know, different different levels. You can have like six or eight sixty five or eight seventy. Like sometimes it's kind of hard to tell. So if you're importing the the proper um, stat weights into Pawn, it's great. The thing that Pawn doesn't do is it doesn't calculate trinkets and stuff like that for you, because um, that's a whole different kind of thing. That's why we have SimCraft and we use that. So if you're getting the right stat weights for your class, which um, we'll end up providing uh, for the stream at some point anyway, uh, and importing them into Pawn, then Pawn's great. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I. I made that YouTube video like a little walkthrough because I really wanted to yeah. get out there that it's not super hard to do. It just takes some steps and then just keep doing it every now and then. Like redownload the the actual you know simulation craft itself, the program every now and then because it has updates and yeah. Fair enough. All right. Now we're gonna get into the new sections of the shows where at least on this one, not every show is gonna have like one guest per topic. Just worked out for warlocks being a really big. Uh, topic point right now to talk about is that we're going to go through all of these specs very individually and go over a whole lot of all these different parts and pieces of all the different specs. So uh, I did move the rotational overview optimizations we're going to do at the very end. I think that was a good suggestion. I didn't mention that before the show started, but we'll do the italicized stuff we'll do at the end. So not you and I are going to have a moment real quick here, sir. Uh-oh. To talk moment. about all this stuff. Um, would you care to walk me through demonology and like your talents, good and bad? Like if there's a cookie cutter spec or how you could spec different leafers and situations and how things have worked out uh, and yeah. how uh, implosion shenanigans maybe? No? Maybe? I don't know. Well, sometimes yes and no. Like there is there is pretty much a baseline like cookie cutter spec with like one or two talent changes depending on what you're doing. For the most part, like your talents are going to be tier 15 it's very like controversial right now shadow flame is the best by like a minimal amount if used perfectly every single time perfectly just means that you're stacking it to three every single time that the cooldown cycle is up um versus demonic calling which is like equal on par with shadow flame if you're not using it perfectly and then shadow inspiration like there's very situational uses for it like very high movement i would use that kind of thing uh, but for the most part, you can either go with Shadow Flame or Demonic Calling and do just fine no matter what. Um, so level 30 talents, obviously Implosion is just like your AOE talent, Burst or Sustained AOE. It's kind of the same thing. And then Improved Red Stalkers is for your single target. And Impending Doom is for like spread AOE kind of thing. It just spawns an imp on the target from your Doom and just goes to town on that one target. Um, level 45 right now, Demon Skin. That's like the only thing that's usable. Um, into level 60, it's also kind of controversial, but for the most part, Hand of Doom is just by far the best without anything really rivaling it. Power Trip can kind of compete with it sometimes, um, but the global save from Hand of Doom is just far outweighs basically anything else in that entire tier, unfortunately. Even though Soul Harvest can have some like shenanigans for like parsing, probably depending on how like fast the fights get. So we'll see about that in the future. Uh, just to let's go over one thing real quick. Do you, do you always couple, I mean, because you're going to take Hand of Doom all the time? Like, yes. is Hand of Doom and Pending Doom still a really big thing for, like, any AoE-ish cleave fight? Is that, like, uh, a, almost a guaranteed thing? Or is, it, like, is there a target amount you're looking for to switch off to, like, Implosion? Because that's... They're mm, both, like... I would like, if your AoE is spread, like, for example, it's on dragons, like, that's two targets that are far enough away from each other kind of thing, and then there's, like, intermittent adds right. that may not get blown up. So the main thing with, like, Impending Doom is you have to wait 
for your entire Doom's duration to actually happen. Mm -hmm. So, like, if it's at base duration, that's 20 seconds. It has to live for 20 seconds for it to actually be, be beneficial. So you have to kind of be situational with that, knowing if the ad is going to live that long, right? So without it living the full duration of Doom, that talent becomes completely useless, right? Mm -hmm. okay. So in that case, then you would go with, like, Implosion or just stay single target. Um, okay. So that's one of the situations. And just Hand of Doom is basically the de facto talent in that tier. There's nothing really that rivals it, unfortunately. Unless, just I guess, unless you need Burst? Even in burst situations, like for oh. example, before they changed Ilganoth, uh, like the Hand of Doom saving globals was more bursty than actually having the Soul Harvest up for 12 seconds. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, so that's that's a thing that's really fun right now. It's basically one talent choice there too. So uh, Then 75 is basically just Dark Pact for severability and then... Burning Rush, if you want the mobility, I don't think I've ever talented into Demonic Circle yet, so... Until uh, two weeks from now. <laughs> Until two week weeks from now, yeah. Oh, no. that, Burning that, Rush that is... Be a good meme. Burning Rush is also really good on, like, Scenarius, because it yep. removes movement. It, like, brings your movement to zero, like, or to baseline at minimum, so, like, anything that makes you move at, uh, like, walk speed, it removes that, so it's really good. Hmm. Yeah, good to get out for the sister's debuff and, uh... Oh, okay. But for the most part, you can just, like, Dark Pact and just survive the damage anyway, so... Sure. Yay for tankiness. Sure. Um, the level 90 tier is basically synergy 100% of the time, and that's strictly due to the fact that it's a 40% damage increase for everything you cast for, like, a 50% uptime, like, wow. depending on your RNG. So it's very, very, very strong, especially when you couple it with everything else, so... Um, Yep, Supremacy is basically, like, non-existent. You should never really spec that. And then uh, Grimoire of Service, I've seen some people do, like, okay with it, but it's just an extra button to push when you could just do nothing and get free DPS with Synergy, which is up for the majority of the fight anyway, so. Service feel, felt like a, a cooldown for PvP, and I thought Supremacy was, mm -hmm. like, the de facto, like, world questing or leveling talent because you get your permanent Infernal. But the Infernal's, yeah. like, not tankier than the Blueberry, so... It's not, it's not even tankier than the Felguard is. Yeah, wow, yeah. He's, like, yeah. a DPS AoE weird pet. Yeah, yep. he's... Yeah, okay. Yep. No, I wouldn't... I don't think I've ever specced Supremacy as, as DMO, especially now that, like, I have gear. You can just dot everything, bring it to your Felguard, have it Felstorm, and then they just die, right? So right. there's no need for a tanky pet anymore. And mm -hmm. even if you did, you would just use your Felguard. It's cleaving everything on every auto-attack. And you can just heal it for like 30% of its HP every single time you health funnel. So there's uh, there's definitely basically zero benefit of going Supremacy. So mm -hmm. The 100 then, then. The 100 talent is a little bit weird. For the most part, you can just stay Demon Bolt. Demon Bolt is like the signature single target DPS talent. And then it's like followed closely by Soul Conduit single target wise. And then in any basically AoE situation, anything with like two or more targets, it's going to be Dark Glare, where it's like in a sustained situation, or like you need the burst because it comes out every twenty-four seconds for twelve seconds. So yeah, Mythic Plus Dungeons. Mythic Plus Dungeons, uh, depending on your level and the affixes, it's useful. But for the most part, it's going to be between like Demon Bolt or Dark Glare, I think, for Mythic Pluses. That's what I've used so far. So yeah, that makes sense. I I I. I 
I'm glad they fixed the nonsense of Demon Bolt back in beta when it used to, mm. at least from my point of view, you only see one Demon Bolt. But Demon Bolt used to like fire at yeah, draw from everything. Yeah. Everything. All your demons <laughs> yeah. would get Demon Bolted for some reason. <laughs> Um, yeah. it still hits if you have, like, the, I forget what his name is, but there's the guy from the class hall that can you can bring around with him for, like, garrison resources and stuff. Uh, it still hits him, so that's fun. Oh, it, oh does it? One of your yeah, followers? it still hits him. Yeah, yeah, it still hits your followers if they're out with you. It's pretty cool. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so that's basically the, the talent breakdown. For this, like, cookie cutter spec, it's going to be, like, Shadow Flame, Demonic Calling, Improved Dread Stalkers, Demon Skin, Hand of Doom. And then 75 is your choice. Synergy, right. Demon Bolt is the basic cookie cutter, and then you can change the one or two as needed. Sure. That, look, that looks fine with me. All right. That's understandable. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that there is some variance because I always mm -hmm. am a little bit annoyed when a class like, I mean, Enhancement Shaman has no variance right now either. So, like, I, I, I like when there's a little bit of switchy swatch, like a little bit of moving ground, which is good. Yep. So, that's definitely there. Um, yep. so now how about the artifact weapon? Let's dive into Thalkiel, the skull of the Minari. So oh we, have an op we have an optimal trait path here that'll bring up on screen. You want to walk me through like the, the pros and cons, the golden dragon hierarchy and the strengths yep. and weaknesses of, of your artifact weapon. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the strengths and weaknesses of the artifact weapon is basically that it's just a single target weapon. Like, so Thalkiel's Consumption draws uh, health from all of your demons and does damage in return for their sacrifice, uh, basically. So that's that's our single target, like, nuke from the artifact weapon. Uh, there's only one path, basically, for the weapon itself, and it's straight up the left side of the tree, and the right side of the tree just, just sucks for the most part, oh. unfortunately. Well, it's like, it doesn't suck, sorry. It's all defensives, so in terms of, like, damage, it sucks. <laughs> so, um, you go, obviously, you just follow through, go through, like, Summoner's Prowess, uh, just buffing your demons with Demonic Empowerment is just better, it's just straight stronger. Uh, Imperator, just a straight damage buff to your Wild Imps. Uh, then you have a defensive tree, and then you come up to your first gold. Stolen Power is actually... Uh, worse than the minor traits um, that follow it, basically. So our best golden trait is the Expendables, and then Stolen Power, and then Thalkiel Discord. That's the hierarchy of our golden traits. Uh, so you skip it until later on, basically. Then you just keep going down until you go all the way over to Expendables, and then you get Doom Doubled, then you buff Doom even more, and then you can get Stolen Power, and then go down the right side of the tree over to Thalkiel Discord. That makes sense. It is. It's weird that you actually. I guess Hand of Gul'dan's damage isn't like a big thing because it's so late nope. in in the the build here. I just noticed that too. So, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of your damage does come. I've seen like, you know, look at logs of Demonology Warlocks, and it's it's like almost thirty percent of your damage is just from imps. So, yep. it makes yep. sense to, to focus on them first, obviously. So. Yep. So you focus on them first, and then. You go back around the tree to get your AOE talent in in the tree, which is Thalkiel's Discord. Right. right. That looks looks like it makes. It's a weird. It's a weird path because you skip golden traits and you go for the like the lesser traits, but uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. The doom damage and the imp damage is way better, especially in terms of like overall um, 
damage compared to the single target boost that you get from stolen power. Might be one of the longest treks before you pick up a golden dragon on any artifact I've seen so far. Yeah, you get it at uh, like 16, I think, is the first one. Yeah, it's the seventh point, but obviously going to add everything up all the way all the way yeah. around the skull. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So the, like, yeah, I think twenty is stolen power and sixteen is expendables, and then Falkil's Discord isn't until twenty-eight. So you have a while to get to that. So. Hmm. How about uh, relics? There's always this talk about relics, and uh, I get asked mm -hmm. a lot of time too. Like, is there an eye level disparity where you want? Like eye level over whatever the whatever the trait bonus is, but then are there some mm -hmm. traits that you would keep that trait over like a two ish eye level jump? Because obviously spell power affects everything, right? The intellect on Dalkiel. Yep. So where where is that draw a line? And like what traits are really good to make sure that if you can get a relic with this trait to keep that one? Yeah. So the the best traits are going to be for Infernal Furnace, uh, which is buffing your uh, Weldim's Firebolt damage. And then followed that is Doom of Azeroth, which is your Doom damage. And then you're going to be going for... Those are like the two main traits that you want to try to focus on. Um, there, like I know for a lot of classes, there's like this, like if this is 15 eye levels higher, then it's better than the trait no matter what. Mm -hmm. uh, it sort of follows that for the Warlock one, but there's like weird times where it doesn't. So for the most part, you can just like go straight to... The damage buffs, right? So you go straight to Infernal Furnace, Doom of Azeroth, buffing your Dreadstalkers, like getting the uh, Sharpened Dreadfangs there is also good, and then Mob Shadows last, and then everything else is defensive talents, basically, that you can buff, so. Right. Summoner's Prowess doesn't have much of a... I guess it scales really tiny. Yeah, it's a very... It scales pretty small, and... Uh, like, it, it is good. It's definitely up there on the list. Um, but... Compared to where it used to be, like in beta, it used to be a lot stronger, that trait. So they've since decreased the strength of that trait, and it's still up there, but it's not worth like shooting for over all the others, all the other ones, especially Infernal Furnace and Doom of Azeroth. It's, those two are just by far uh, no competition as far as getting the traits up for those, those ones. And then is there, like, is there an eye-level disparity, though, that, like, say you have... All three, just like to take mm -hmm. out randomness, all three of your traits, all three of your relics, sorry, are buffing the same trait. They're all buffing your, um, they're all in uh, Infernal Furnace. But yeah. they're all like, let's say they're all 850. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be taking a relic at what eye level bonus, even if it's like a defensive one? Like, what's the eye level uh, difference? Like, is it two, three, four, five? I mean, obviously, like a, a plus six would probably be right there. But like, I know each class, like for enhancement shamans, we have like a a two-ish eye level. Where we're like, you know, the wind fury damage is better than two eye levels, so we'll keep right. that. But so, do you have that for demonology? Um, sort of. So, like, if you're talking in terms of a non-damage relic, so eight fifty firebolt damage is worse than a non-damage relic at eight seventy eye level. So. There's like a 20 eye level differential there. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's probably about where the range is as far as that goes. And not to confuse chat, we're talking about just the flat eye level of the actual relic. Not of the, the relic, Not yeah, the yeah. plus weapon level. Not the plus, no, no. That's always confusing too because are we talking about the plus weapon level? Yeah, okay. So because yeah, actually... The actual relic eye level, yeah. Because actually I think in 10 eye levels, relics actually have like don't even scale. Like it's still like plus... 
you know, 49 and then plus 49 on like and a... Then, and then yeah, it goes up on by one. one up. So, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it, the scaling on it is really weird in terms, especially when you get higher up into like the higher eye level, so... Right, right, right. Um, all right. Legendaries or, or legendaries as we talk about these. Um, so which legendaries for demonology are the bee's knees, which has the most well, bang for your buck? The bee's knees of legendaries is, of course, the demonology bracers, Sindore Spite. Gives you 30% damage for the duration of your Doomguard or Infernal, whichever you decide to summon. So it buffs everything you do. That's your damage, your pet damage, just the 30% damage increase, period. And then following that is the Doom Belt, so that just entails every single demon you have out. Uh, you gain 5% Doom damage. So if you're averaging, say, 7 demons per, like averaging 7 demons, then that's just 35% damage straight up on your demons no matter what right or not your demons sorry on your doom no matter what following that uh, you have your recurrent ritual shoulders which is free cast of dreadstalkers basically so it just refunds the cost of your dreadstalkers so you need two shards to cast it mm -hmm. you cast the dreadstalkers and then the game refunds you two so it just nullifies the cost of it which has good uh, synergy with the first talent demonic calling in the tier 15 room so it basically turns your Dreadstalkers into a generator instead of a, being a spender during that time. Hmm. When it's whenever it's procked, at least. So, and then following that is like everything else. Basically, those are the three that you want to try to focus on getting if you can. So, so you Pyro's legs. Ugh. Yeah, those are like <laughs> those are like way down. The legs. <laughs> oh well, okay. If you want to, okay. Shaq got a show. I wasn't expecting that. All right. Yeah, wow, they, they've got good like they've got oh good stats, but they don't have good like. I don't really care about things that don't give me damage, so those don't give me damage, so it doesn't matter to me. But. Fair enough. Oh, the other nice. thing to let to note on the the legendaries here is that the the difference or the synergy between Sindore Spite and the Willifred Ring does not exist actually because the the bracers have a three minute internal cooldown period, whereas the Willifred Ring can reduce the the cooldown of your doom guard so if your doom guard gets down to like say a two minute and or two minute cooldown from all the demons you summon you actually don't get any uh any benefit of the bracers at all because the bracers are still on cooldown and now you're desynced with everything else so it's not good synergy at all hmm fair enough all right keeping on gear how about trinkets I'm just going to bring up another gigantic, ridiculous graph here. Make sure I have the right one on the screen. So, trinkets. Do we have yeah. to touch on this? Like, trinkets. I, I mean, <laughs> I could just show off this picture and just say that you get an unstable arcano crystal from Withered Gem yeah. or everything That's else. All do, honestly. Yeah. Every it's it's kind of the same thing I've talked about with Enhancement Shaman and like every class. Like there is like if you look at just these this huge sample size on the screen right now, chat. Obviously, I'm at like 875 to 880 right here. Look at the actual damage numbers. Like, people freak out about trinkets. And yeah, there's some min-maxing. But the top to bottom right here is like 7,000 damage difference. 7,000 yeah. actual damage difference. Not, yeah, it's not It's not really 100%. that much. Like, yeah, it's... The, the biggest thing is like, world quest trinkets with haste are very, very good. Right. Like, that's just because of our scaling with stats. Mm -hmm. And then the Arcano Crystal obviously is because of the same reason. It's just a huge stat stick, right? So... Right. Between that, like, realistically, like, without getting really lucky on those two things, you're going to be shooting probably for Chrono Shard, 
and then the Swarming Plague Trinket off Nathendra. So those are the two like trinkets that you're probably going to end up with, right. unless you get super lucky. So if you get super lucky, then awesome. Use two stat sticks. Like those are the best ones technically, but uh, without getting super lucky, if you're looking at raid trinkets and everything, then Arcano, or no, sorry, then uh, the Swarming Plague Trinket from Nathendra and uh, Chrono Shard out of Arcway are the two best trinkets. Right. And these, of course, this will be all linked in the video description box below if people want to actually look at them and visualize them. Because trinket diversity, like, there are some cool designs, but trinkets for almost, like, every single spec in the game are, are all almost like this. There are some, like, yeah. jumps here and there. But the biggest jump is you're going to find out, like, if you have, like, a, you know, an, an 8... You're down here in, like, the 850s, way down here off this graph. Even the graph doesn't start until 865. You have, like, an 850 or lower... And then all of a sudden you jump to like an 880 mythic trinket and you have to figure out, okay, well, how much of a damage jump is that? But once you're like in the rat pack, it's it's so close together. Yeah. Even with that, though, like if you're trying to compare an 850 world quest trinket to something that's 880, like you shouldn't even need to look at a trinket list for that, right? Like that should just be clear cut. This 850 is going to be worse than my 880 unless it's but... like the twisted wind trinket, basically. Mm -hmm. Like those are the... Like, it is it is that, but it also isn't that at some time, so. Fair enough. All right, more future-proofing for those that are watching this, like, a year from now, maybe. We're talking about Tier 19. Obviously, Tier 20 and Tier 21 might be out in the future, but let's bring up your your tier set, the Legacy of Aj Akir, mm -hmm. which the two-piece for Demonology is Doom has a 50% chance to generate an additional Soul Shard when it ticks and does damage. Uh, and then Dreadstalkers lasts four seconds longer. So I assume you're going to four-piece this. And then how, yep. how, what's the impact of this set going to have for Demonology? Uh, I mean, the impact is just going to be more random damage, basically. So the 50% chance to generate an additional Soul Shard can actually cause you to be having a lot of overcapping on your shards and, like, wasting your shards. So depending on the RNG of it and, like, what the proc rate on it is, it's, like... It may not be that great because you're going to be losing a lot of damage potential because Demo is all about managing your soul shards. Like you have to like really look at how you're spending your shards and when you're gaining them, kind of thing. So mm -hmm. that's that's a big thing. And then Dreadstalkers lasting four seconds longer is pretty good because Dreadstalkers are like your best damage per soul shard uh, in terms of what you're casting. So giving it a basically 100% uptime is really really good. Because of that fact, not only that, but also like lengthens your time window for having a good uh, like Thalkiel consumption. So also, I, I, I was a little bit to ask that. Does that actually raise yep. the potential RNG cap on how many demons you could have spawned for a larger oh. Thalkiel? I uh, it probably gives you an extra two or three amps. I would say. Yeah. So that that's yep. that's a significant thing to pay attention to for sure. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Because we didn't. I, I was going to bring that up as like a point with this is that. There's still, like, a theoretical, like, cap on how many demons can actually contribute at any given time, RNG aside, to Thalkiel's consumption. Um, and then, of course, I wanted to plug this gigantic document that you made. So, oy, oy, oy. walk me through this thing real quick. <laughs> uh, sure. So, if we're walking through this document here, the first page is just calculating how much damage your Thalkiel's consumption will actually do depending on your own stats and how many demons you have out. Sure. Um, so you just plug in whatever your player HP is, 
you plug in what percentage your demonic empowerment is at. So it's base at 50. Then if you have three traits in, it's going to be 56. And then it can go up or down depending. Uh, or not up or down, but it can go up depending on if you have extra traits in there. Then you enter your rating in, and it'll automatically tell you how much damage your Thelka's consumption is going to do based on the number of pets you have actually decided to put into the calculator. Mm -hmm. So you can give yourself a good idea, or not even a good idea, like an exact idea of how much damage your Thelka's consumption is going to do with those many demons out. So. Right. And of course, this will be, yeah, this will be linked. Don't don't worry, chat. It'll definitely be linked. You also have like imped cat. You have imped cast times here. You have gear comparisons. You've got relics. You've got Thalcus yep. consumption de damage actually for 20%. Demon so in, in, in 7.1, there were some data yeah. mine notes where they nerfed, but actually buffed uh, Thalcus consumption. Huh. So they nerfed the. Um, I can't even remember what it was. They nerfed how much HP your pets were getting, I think it was, but buffed the damage or buffed the HP that was drawn out of your pets. I don't exactly remember what it was, but everyone was freaking out because they were like, oh, they nerfed it, but blah, blah, blah. But so I just went and did this to appease the public, basically, saying, like, it's actually not a nerf. Okay. This is actually a buff kind of thing, so that's just like an experimental thing. It's not something that you really need to pay much attention to. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just looking at it right here, like, on the front on the alive column with just your mm. Felguard, you're at 88,000 with the stats that are in the current list right now, just to compare. 88,000 damage on just your Felguard, but in 7.1, with a little bit more HP, you went up from 1.9 to 2.1, it jumps all the way to 107,000. So yep. that's with just one pet. So it looks like it definitely is a little bit of a buff, for sure. At least if the yep. math is correct and nothing changes. Yeah, exactly. So that's... That was just basically to appease everyone saying, hey, this is actually a buff thing. Like, because right. people just see what's on the notes and don't actually think about what it's actually doing altogether. So, and then uh, the last tab is just the same thing as the first tab, but in a less friendly format, I think. So, so oh, there's yeah. just two I, different I, ways. Of I brought it at up it. and it's, it's massive and it has like notes section over here. Yeah, like, no, that's. You're better off just using the, the the TKC damage actual one because it's a lot friendlier and right. actually gives you a good idea of exactly how much damage your Thelk is going to do instead mm -hmm. of saying, well, this is the percentage of value it could do kind of thing. So right. just two different ways of thinking of it. And uh, the, the, the main ones that you really need to look at are like the first tab. And then if you really want to min-max, like super min-max, imp cast time is also okay. But it's not completely accurate because imps spawn at different rates randomly. So it could be this, it could be a little bit more, it could be a little bit less, right? So Jeez. Well, I, it's this, an unfortunate this, circumstance. This document is crazy. I mean, this is a great resource for demonology. All destruction warlocks are gonna get are apparently Pyro's legs on camera. <laughs> so I mean, like, I mean, that's it's a trade-off, I guess. Yeah. I'm saying I it, guess they're gonna so. come back, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and to wrap up, we're, we're good on time, actually. This is pretty well so far. This is, again, for those watching, this is the first time I, that this is the new setup for the show. Um, so, give me, like, a rotational overview and optimizations, like, do's and don'ts to, like, wrap up how demonology actually actually works before we move on. Um, so, the basics of it is cast pet, buff pet. Uh, there, the optimization of it all is, is where you can combo your summons. So, if you can... Uh, if you're specced with Demonic Calling and you have a free 
uh, Dreadstalker. You can combo your summon by summoning your imps and then Dreadstalkers before buffing them. So you save the GCD with like minimal damage loss. It actually lets you fit in more demons into your Thalkia's consumption because of it. So if you can combo your summons and then buff, that's the optimization, like the biggest optimization, I would say. The other thing is actually buffing your pets and not forgetting to kind of do that. So that's where like the weak orders and everything come into play, like knowing when your pets are buffed. Um, other than that, I would just say enjoy the spec for what it is. It's a single target, like but burst spec, well, burst-ish spec, I guess I should say. Um, it has really good sustained AoE, especially Mythic Plus with Implosion. And like you're not going to be off the map if it's a cleave situation either, just because of how Doom works. So that's that's what I would say are the, the do's for the spec is, is primarily where I would say. Uh, the don'ts, I would say don't get frustrated when you're playing the spec because it takes a lot to actually do well with the spec, uh, unfortunately. Just because it's brand new, like you need to be able to, to put time into it, right? So... There's a lot of nuances with the spec, um, especially with not capping your resources, like knowing when to cast what and when not to cast something, when you're moving, what to cast, like pre-planning your movement kind of thing. So there's a lot of little things that you need to master and like really get into before you can really do much with the spec or do well with the spec. Okay, fair enough. And then secondary stats priorities. Secondary set priorities is pretty simple too. Haste out the wazoo, like never stop stacking haste. You can basically never get enough haste. Um, and then crit, and then mastery, and then versatility. That's pure single target. But the optimization of it all is in reality, there's no such thing as a single target fight pretty right. much. Yep. Like ever. So the optimization is to go haste, and then crit, and then versatility, and then mastery. And that's just because mastery scales only your demons and doesn't scale everything you're doing. So it doesn't scale Doom, it doesn't scale like Thalkiel's consumption, so it doesn't scale those things, uh, which is more cleave-oriented kind of thing. So versatility and crit actually scale them, with crit kind of edging out on versatility. Hmm. Well, for those that are di just like digesting all of that, this is how the shows are going to be in the future. That's a lot to go through, but I think we touched on basically everything. Did you have anything else you wanted to to kind of like leave Demonology Warlocks with? You kind of touched on like everything I could think of. Uh, yeah, I want to could... give you guys with one thing. Yeah, uh, sure. Just on how Hand of Doom works, because I probably get 50,000 questions a day on how this actually works. Oh, <laughs> no, no, okay. Uh, so the way Hand of Doom works is it refreshes the Doom whenever you cast Hand of Gul'dan. Doom is still going to do damage no matter what, regardless of when you refresh it, every X second. So X is like where your dot length is, depending on your haste. So if it's you have zero haste, it's going to deal damage every 20 seconds, no matter what. Period. Point blank. No more discussion about it. It's still going to do damage no matter when you refresh it. It's right. not a traditional dot because it deals damage after the full length, so... Right, of course, because that was th I definitely was curious about that during beta, so good to mm -hmm. clear that up. Because there's no reason like when it refreshes, it's just a dot that will always just kind of there's a train track. It'll always do damage. Right. It's basically old dots before pandemic came into a thing in mob. Mm. So that's it's just going to do damage. You don't have to pay attention to it. Fair enough. Well, thank you all for that. That ridiculous amount of just because of how the show works out. Now it is time for a little little break of Rooney. And then we'll jump into Affliction. T Taryn, are you ready? Are you, you're, I know you're keep up with chat, but are you ready to talk about this after the break? Are you ready? Yeah. 
No. <laughs> we're we're sandwiching the affliction warlock between the two more prominent specs just because. But alrighty, take a moment real quick to tell you guys about some things and plug a little bit more about the channel. Of course, again, I cannot go too long right now without saying that. Of course, right now I am sponsored by Discord, and you can check out all the Discord links, of course, below the stream. And if you are on YouTube right now, check below in the video description box for the link to all the different Discord channels. You're going to be linked over here to my gigantic Google document. In the document, there are links to 16 Discord channels. If you're not already using them, there's links to even my Discord channel where you can use the general chat to ask a boss questions. Each week before a show, I always prompt the chat to give me questions and things to ask a show. If there are really interesting questions to weave into the show notes, I do so. Also, it gives you opportunity to ask and talk to me about anything and keep up to date with announcements and whatnot. It's also the general healing and tank chat, as well as all the different class discords. So Council of the Black Harvest here for Warlocks is a huge resource where all this information is posted and pinned into different categories. So you can go check that out as well. And you can just check out everything else on this side. We've got the favorited list. There's not a ton of websites for everything anymore. So that's one thing that is a little bit... Um, hard to keep up with not every like class or like spec has a website but there are some resources but again mostly go check out the different discord servers and again too if you want to help support everything that i do here then you can head over to my patreon page and of course the subscribers in twitch chat right now as well we broke 500 subs the other day so hence all the new emotes in chat so thank you all for supporting that you're supporting everything that i do here you're supporting the fact that i can make these interviews you're supporting the fact that i can continue streaming and making other videos and hopefully making more guides and there are still community spotlights on the future and then going to conventions and making the base take series so all of that does go a long way and of course a special shout out to the assistant producers of the show right now which are Airdwin, truffles death scythe pally and Ludovicus, thank you all so much for your generous support every single month to make this all work and to keep this show afloat. But enough about that. Taryn. It begins. That's all I gotta say right now. <laughs> oh. Okay. Let's okay. see. We need, we well, need a... My wow DB just exploded. Let me pull this back up so I can actually up your talents real quick here what's happening so yeah so affliction this is it's a weird the, spec did you the what is stepchild of legion right now what is, what does it say on pyro's chair what Py i don't know it's backward it's backwards yeah it's backwards oh what a nerd whatever that's fair all right but like a kick me sign or something Probably, yeah. So you want to walk me through your talents for Affliction, sir? Yes. So Affliction, it's it. there's like three main cookie cutters, but we can go down uh, row by row. So level 15, 99.99, like just about every time you do, you do this, you're, you're going to be picking Agony uh, because it does infinitely more damage. Um, Haunt has some silly... Padding things that you can do with it that like don't matter in almost every situation, um, and then Drain Soul is like really good for leveling, and that's about it because right the Agony still does more damage if you ever have to if you're if you have to recast Agony on one target, right the Agony will do more damage. Period. So it's like you pick right the Agony every time. 
level thirty. Most of the times you pick contagion at level thirty, it's we got we got some things to say about that because not just <laughs> the wonders. He doesn't get to deal with that. So <laughs> the the first the first two the, the two major talents are contagion and absolute corruption. Um, contagion is really good if you um, are not going to be multi dotting a lot. Um, Absolute Corruption is really good for when you're learning a boss, for example, and you need to focus more on mechanics and less on trying to redot everything. So it's like it's just one dot that you you hit it and then you pretend it doesn't exist anymore and it does stuff. Ignore the cat. Um, chat will love the cat. They're gonna freak out. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, cat. I'll, I'll show cat, cat later. I'll I'll show cat later. Okay. Um, so Absolute Corruption is it's it's generally a really good thing um there's some kind of cool stuff you can do in some of the later mythic pluses um because stuff lives for so long you can take advantage of that um with lots of dotting on everything um and then there's there's the redheaded stepchild of affliction and destro known as manatap mm. um it is technically more damage when you're multi-dotting uh like two or three targets that's fair but it's also technically cancer to play with. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, um, I'm glad it was nerfed so much because on early beta it was is. like mandatory. I mean, it was yeah. it was like you. I hate it. Uh, I even in beta, I took the attitude of like as long as it's not like a slice and dice situation for rogues, where like you take this talent and it's actually a DPS loss. Um, Sushi's telling me it's not bad to play with your piece of shit, Sushi. What? Um, <laughs> so, like, it, it, my my personal attitude was, as long as something else is a damage increase, I'm going to go with that instead. Because, like, I hate 20-second maintenance buffs. They're really a really terrible design. They died in Cataclysm, and they should have stayed dead. Well, you would not but, like playing Enhancement Shaman, then. <laughs> no, I leveled an Enhancement Shaman, and I hated it. Oh, no! Uh, <laughs> Rip. Um, everyone else. So, but okay. So, but the, the main difference between right there for most people is like you're either going contagion or absolute corruption, and it is literally just like single target, 100% time you choose contagion. And then if you're doing cheesy things on dragons, for example, you want AC because your AC stays on the dragon that's floating off in the distance, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, th that's that's really awesome. Um, like instant free damage. They don't become immune to damage when they're flying in the air. No, no, Not you the... still damage them. Uh, like you game, can't Blizzard. target them. You can't right. target them, but they still take damage. It's really cool. Um, and then there's, like I said, it's it's a really good talent for like, hey, I'm learning this fight. I eventually will want it. Contagion will be more damage. Like if you're learning, uh, if you're doing something weird like Affliction on Scenarius, it's nice to not have to worry about one of your dots on four targets. Because you've got to dot the dryads, you got to dot your effigy. We'll get to that later, sure. and you got to dot scenarius, uh, and it's just one less thing you have to worry about. So that's nice. Um, so that's that's level thirty, uh, level forty five. Um, pre seven point one, you take demon skin. Uh, post seven point one, you get a talent back uh, or a skill <laughs> that was baseline back yeah. as a talent. Uh, so that's cool. Um, moving on. Uh, realistically, Hollow Terror is really strong for PvP. Um, actually, the other two are actually really strong for PvP, uh, from what I understand. So, that's something I've been wanting to do this expansion. Because, Who PvPs? Well, SL is back, and I played a Warlock back in 
the glory days of SLSL, and that was mm. really fun. Okay. Um, and two buttons. That was also fun. Watch a movie and everything. Um, so, yeah, so level 45, you just take whatever is in that far one position um, for either <laughs> now or in two weeks. Okay. Uh, level 60, there are two main choices. Soul Harvest is not a choice because the duration just sucks. Uh, in any situation where the duration is good, you want another talent is mm. the, the main issue. Um, if they were to buff that to 20 to 20, 25 seconds base, I could see there being uses for burst time. Um, Elganoth, for example, having a 30, almost 30 second uh, buff would mm -hmm. be really nice. But it, right now, it's just not good. Um, so you're either doing Sow the Seeds when you're doing anything where you want to AoE pad, and then you're doing Siphon Life whenever you're single target. Or you are doing things where you're just not going to blow them up quickly. So later Mythic Plus, you actually want to go Siphon Life because you can't, like, anything, once you're on two affixes, Siphon Life is generally better. Uh, seven plus. Um, so, um, and then, yeah, single target, you're always going Siphon. Um, sure. Level 75, uh, if you're in a fight, we're going to assume this is 7.1, um, if you're in a fight where you are going to be taking big damage every minute, so like Ursoc, uh, Dark Pact is really good. Right. If you're in a fight where you're taking lots of steady damage, uh, Demon Skin is going to be really good. And then if you are on Scenarius, you really like Burning Rush because, again, you get to ignore the Dryad debuff entirely when you have that up, um, which is like saves your it saves you almost every time because um, people are really good at standing in bad things. Mm -hmm. um, like like not is yeah like not is well not just doesn't care not's just like okay I'll just take this debuff six times in a row no big deal it's true I just pop a cooldown and the the, the other thing that not likes <laughs> to do is you um you get someone else killed and it makes your damage look good so oh oh he takes away he takes away competition Ooh. yeah you kill the shadow priest Whoa, before they can surrender to madness and then mm. your damage goes up drastically mm. this is true this is true mm. um warlock strategies. We've been killing people since forever. It's true. Uh, All right, next up. So level 90. Um, this one is kind of, again, it's a two two choice. It was three, and then for whatever reason, of between Destro and Affliction, they decided that Affliction was doing too much damage with Sack. So they nerfed Sack damage, and it's now basically useless. The times where you would like it are, again, Mythic Plus. And having a stun is a lot better. So you generally go Supremacy and Mythic Plus, and a lot of the single target even people are saying are finding that Supremacy is better because it's a one button. You send your pet at a thing, your Doom Guard at a thing, and you deal ten percent bonus damage. That like that's kind of how Doom Guard is. Is he's about ten percent of your damage when he's going. Mm -hmm. Oh, you said you said the stun for Mythic Plus. You mean the yeah the so infernal, infernal for the AOE stun? Yeah. So so you go in Mythic Plus. You go infernal for all the trash, and then you just swap right before the boss, and you tell Doom Guard to do his thing. Sure. And um, so it's really it's actually really good for Mythic Plus for Affliction. Um, and then in pure 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 single target, there is some case supremacy or not supremacy. Wow, uh, service is technically more damage. But again, it is, it's another button you have to press. You have less drain life. You have less shards on UA, which does hurt you kind of. It, it's like, I don't know. 
it's technically more damage, but it's starting to become very minimal from what the parses were seeing. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, it 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 lot or it SimCraft has it higher, but World of Log parses it's starting to kind of narrow out just because human error. Sure. Is really what it comes down to. So. Um, so yeah, supremacy, mythic plus, and then either or either supremacy or service if you're in a in an Ursoc fight for if whatever reason you're deciding to play AF on a fight like that. I don't know why. But um so level one hundred. Um when we get to play with probably the worst the the talent soul effigy is a band-aid for our I mean I, I can't I got I got some salt for it. Soul effigy you, you is mean a you you mean prismatic warlock crystal. It's not even that. That's <laughs> it's not even prismatic crystal, because prismatic crystal you just swap to the crystal while it's up and then you go away from it when it right. goes away. Effigy is another target that lets you uh, deal damage. Um and the the issue with it is the it's just very there's a lot of targeting problems on Ursoc, you outrange it so you got to do this weird thing where you got to like you you got to find the perfect spot in the middle of the room you drop that and then after in between his uh the roar that he does that deals damage to everyone you got to run out redot it run back in get hit by the second roar redot it it's it's absolutely terrible to play with and there was um, its whole purpose is to give us another soul shard target because sure, of sure. the way that soul shards work right now. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. In fact, if we can do that before we go to artifact, that'd be good because there's a couple of misconceptions with this stuff. So it gives you another soul shard target and it provides extra damage is kind of its whole point. And there are two, like there, there was a mechanic that we used to have called Malikific Grasp that would have done exactly that without this really terrible play style and without causing a ramp up time to be like 40 seconds long. Like if you lust on pull for affliction, your damage is just so bad because by the time lust, by the time your your all of your agonies are ramped up and everything, your lust is off. Like you don't have lust anymore. It's really annoying. Um, and effigy kind of contributes to this. Um, now in terms of what is good and what's not good, effigy is, um, basically, if you're not leveling and you're not cheesing like Mythic 2s, you're playing Soul Effigy. Um, there's some Goonie stuff that you can do with Soul Effigy with reflecting AoE into the Effigy so it's hitting a target yeah, 1.5% that's still a thing. times. Well, it's gone, in, it's gone in like 8 days or whatever it is. Uh -huh. um, so that's unfortunate. Yeah, that got, that's getting removed in 7.1. Which is very sad. Uh, Affliction is the only spec of the three that's getting any real major changes mechanically in 7.1, and it needs a lot more. Um, if anyone is from Blizzard is watching, there's a lot of help that needs to be done. Not just numbers, just mechanically. Affliction is kind of painful at times. So, um, but, so the AoE reflection that you can, like I said, your soul flames, we'll get to that in a little bit, seeds, will also target effigy and explode and deals damage to everything and then all the other seed explosions would hit the effigy and so your main target of effigy is getting like a hundred and like 1.35 percent of damage of those right, aoe's right. instead of 
the the standard one X. Uh, so like, there's just a lot of really weird situational things. You just gotta start making all these weird exceptions for it, and it doesn't make sense. But anyways, so back on target, effigy is your that's your, that's your talent for single target, and basically ninety five percent of the things, uh, prismatic. Uh, what's it called? Not prismatic. Phantom. Uh, Phantom Singularity. The Phantom Zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I call it Barrage 2.0. Oh, um, no, no! Uh, <laughs> because that's what it does. Um, barrage, it, it, it was actually really fun because it used to pull through walls uh, for a little while. Um, so you'd be pulling something, you wouldn't be out of combat, and then all of a sudden the entire dungeon would come by you, and I'm like, my job here is done. Right. Um so it's really nice for it, Phantom Singularity is really good for cheesing mythic uh, low level mythics um, when you're just literally you're pulling everything into the boss and AOing it um, and as Affliction you actually gain a huge single target buff from that because of again the artifact we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, it's, it's also just a huge single target dot technically. I mean it is. It's like three. I think Gato said it's like three or four UAs over its duration. So I mean, like, mm. it's not the worst thing ever for a single. It's it's actually a really good spell. The problem is, is that our shard generation with uh, without effigy is so bad on single target that you can't not have it. Mm. So that's that's kind of the TLDR on that. So if your shard generation is so bad, why not soul conduit? Uh, because Soul Conduit doesn't kick in. I guess I can talk about Soul Shard Generation right now, because that leads into why Soul Conduit, you just can't really take it. Sure. Um, shard Generation works on a, um, on a, uh, square root curve. So, you have a percent chance for a shard, and then for every, uh, every Agony Tick has a percent chance to get a shard. That Agony has a modifier that is the uh, based on the number of targets that you have, um, but that ramp up that you get per target, it doesn't. It's not linear. It's uh, three targets. It's only like a twenty five percent return for adding another target to your Agony. It's really weird. Um, the other thing is that Agony has a guaranteed shard time every time the Agony ticks. You get a. It has an internal counter. Right. And then after. Um, I think it's 30 or 40 ticks, something like that. Um, it just generates a shark no matter what, and that counter gets reset. So Agony has an artificial thing, which Destro, frankly, kind of needs, which says, no, after this many ticks, you will have a shard, period. Um, and the shard generation for Affliction, when you have three targets, is incredibly smooth. It feels really good. Um, but the, the reason why you never go Soul Conduit is... Um, you need four targets for uh, Soul Conduit to be worth it over adding an extra Agony Tick in terms of shard generation. And Agony does a lot of damage for Affliction. It's about 20% of your damage. So have, and having the extra targeted dot in Soul Effigy gives you a better benefit? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For two targets and three targets, Effigy is more shards. For four targets, Conduit will beat adding the extra target of Effigy, but Effigy will deal more damage. Than, so then the extra UA and everything from Soul Conduit. It's it's kind of like this. It's like five or six is where it finally becomes better, and that doesn't exist. Okay. Um, there, it just generally there's just in a situation where you're gonna have five or six targets, it's gonna there's gonna be a better talent because that's like just like it's mythic trash pulls. 
and then you still have to deal boss damage. So you still want to have effigy. All right. How about uh, Ulthalesh, the Deadwind Harvester? Okay, before Ulthalesh, can I go over one more thing? Because there is one more huge okay. mechanic, and it's called Unstable Affliction. Uh, and the problem is, <laughs> sure. see, the problem with UA is it works really weird right now. It's not very well worded. And then we got this new patch come out called 7.1, which changes it how it works again. And again, it's not well worded. Um, so I'm going to talk about how it's going to work in 7.1 because that's going to be more relevant. Um, unstable Affliction, um, the way it used to work, uh, or well, it works currently, is it's a it works very similar to Ignite. And that's going away. It is now... You cast UA, and then if you cast it again in 7-1, you get a second UA dot. So you will literally have two UA boxes chilling out on your screen. Really? Uh, under the, yes. Uh, now what's cool is there's a lot of talents that have... There's a lot of things that happen if, if UA expires with your artifact, or if the target dies when there's a UA on it, you get the shard back. Right, right now, because it's one single dot... You only get one shard, and in the patch, uh, Gato just confirmed this, uh, you get all the shards back. So if you have, like, four UAs ticking on the target for some reason, hmm. and then it dies, you get, you get you have a full shard bank again. It's kind of actually hilarious. Um, so in terms of weird mechanics, uh, UA is the only... I think it is the only snapshot... Well, other than Doom, because Doom only ticks once. It is the only snapshotting ta uh, dot in the game. Um, for a caster, obviously, feral druids still snap. Right, yeah, right. they're they're another can of worms. But um, and technically, caster, like bloodlet momentum, yeah, doesn't, but, but it does, or so, whatever. And, okay, yeah. In terms of a, in terms of casters, uh, UA yes. is only dot that snapshots now. Okay. Um, it has again right now. It's got the unite ignite it mechanic. So as it uh, as it deals dan or as you add more damage onto it it's like one dot so that damage gets snapshotted um the reason why they changed it is because uh there's uh my post in the mmlc thread has like this list of mechanics that it has um the dot itself every time right now every time you cast it it re-snapshot shots haste and crit um or i think crit doesn't snapshot i don't know like that's that's kind of the issue with ua right now and why they are changing it is because before it was just a mess whereas now right. In seven one, each dot is its own individual thing. So that's each smart. one snapshots itself. Um, so hmm. that's that's like the big thing with UA. Uh, the major thing that a lot of people don't realize about UA is the fact that if the target dies, you get that shard back, which means uh, cheesing things like um, Xavius, the ads on Z the little ads on Xavius. You get a lot of sh you can just spam UA during that stuff. You just keep your dots rolling on Xavius and your effigy, and then you just shard. You just drop UAs everywhere. Um, that's like the only place you can also do like haunt shenanigans because haunt resets cooldown when the target dies. And I think they fixed it for a while. If it was haunt was the killing blow, it didn't reset, which was really annoying. I'm pretty sure they fixed that. Um, I didn't touch it since then because it's like it's just. It's not good talent anymore, but there are cases where you can do some really cheesy stuff like that. Um, but for UA, that is like the biggest mechanic with UA is the shard regen uh, mechanic on okay. that. So, um, and then you can also do really fun things. Like I had a, I was doing one of the world quests, PvP world quests, and I had a priest dispel it, and that was just that was awesome. That mechanic's still there. It's like infinite damage. Um, so fair. we. 
Yeah, so, so we can go ahead. Yeah, Opalush. Um, I think you have the current 7-0 artifact path, mm-hmm. um, where right now you're going f- immediately up to Compounding Horror. This is a stacking buff that increases the damage of your next UA cast. This is unfortunately getting changed in 7-1. We'll go back to it. Um, and then you're going around to Soul Flame. So Soul Flame, um, Old Flesh in general has a lot of mechanics that happen on a target's uh, mob death. And the way it works now is it's when the target, uh, if you tap the target at all, you get credit for it. Right. Um, There was a period of time where you had to actually get the killing blow, and so the artifact was awful. But now, so if you tap the target, you get Soul Flame. So if that Soul Flame, you tap a target, it hits Soul Flame, and it hits everything else, they're now all tapped, and when they die, they Soul Flame. Soul Flame is really fun because you can do things like on... um, uh, what's the one that everyone, the mythic that everyone farms? Um, what, Souls? Yeah, Ma Souls. So you grab everything on the first boss, you grab them, you pull them in, you go to the first boss, you AoE everything down, your seats hit everything, they all die, and then your Soul Flame hits for a couple hundred million or something, like silly. Um, the other thing with Old Kalesh is you've got the Reap button. So you have souls that will periodically spawn, or if a target dies that you've tapped, you get a soul stack. They'll stack up to 12. Every soul that you have um, gives you a plus five seconds onto a buff that gives you 10% damage and then amplifies everything on the artifact. And this is where balancing of affliction becomes a nightmare. Um, So all of these artifact traits have an amplifier in some way. the proc rate on um, compounding horror has increased proc rate when you have reap up. When you have reap up and your soul flame goes off, it deals double damage. So mm. it deals a lot. It, it it can deal a lot of damage. If you, you basically you want to have reap up when you're about to have a big pap, pack of mobs go pop, um, because then your soul flame does just monstrous amount of damage. Right. Um, so going on from soul flame. Um, you drop down into Shadowy Incantinations and into Wrath of Consumption, Corruption, Wrath of Corruption. Um, <laughs> consumption, Corruption, I don't know. There's a bunch of like really weird names that all sound the same. But right. that um, that button, it does... Yeah, that one. Yeah, there we go. I'm just watching the stream. Anyways, um, so you... Um, every time a target dies, you get a buff that incre- gives you 1% bonus damage 2% when reap is up um so 5 per, or sorry 2% it's 2% and 4, uh, 4% sorry about that um so you get 10% bonus damage 20% bonus when it's reap um and that is what makes you really really good whenever adds are involved and again this is where some of the balancing problems are coming in with affliction um where you can't buff things too much because if there's adds involved that just gets blown way out of proportion yeah. so um, the whole artifact as a whole has become a band-aid. Those two, the Soul um, Flame and Wrath of Corruption are band-aids for how bad dots are on ad fights. They're incredibly good band-aids and they are now causing some of the other single target problems. So, after you get Wrath of Corruption, you want to go to the last gold dragon trait, um, Harvester, which gives your corruption, um, it's, it essentially gives your corruption an extra 15% damage is what it is. Uh, you have a chance to deal um, a lot of damage on each corruption tick, 
and those ticks the that bonus damage will heal you for full amount. Right. Okay. Um, corruption. Corruption deals a lot more damage with that. Uh, that proc itself is about three to four percent of your damage, depending on how many, uh, depending on the fight. Um, really, really, really strong. Um, and then from there, it's just kind of filling out the rest of it. Um, Pandemic is a really good trait and everything like that. So with seven one, um, the the main change with the artifact is compounding horror has been neutered. Um, because mm. frankly, that is the strongest non-golden trait probably in the game right now, um, outside of maybe the imp one for demo. Um, and it instead now, every time you UA, you get uh, it, your UA deals an instant amount of damage. The problem is is that instant amount of damage right now is really low. So it doesn't have it doesn't have the chance stacking anything anymore that's still the chance stacking still exists it's just that the consumption it doesn't buff the ua it just makes it deal instant damage um but that instant damage it was like i think it was like 20k when i was testing it last time for a five stack which is like nothing uh ua will tick for over 100k on its own um so it's very minuscule um so because of that and because of how strong um we're starting to see uh, harvesters being um, right now in seven one, a lot of the big thing is you actually go, you go into Wrath of Corruption first, so you kind of like sweep, sweep, sweep um, to the right and then down, Wrath of Corruption, then you grab Soul uh, Flame, and then you go back and you fill out to um, Harvester, so you get your three gold traits really quickly because they're all really really good, yeah, and okay, then you and then you just kind of fill out the rest. Um, Okay. Oh, and then I forgot Fatal Echoes. So seven one oh, yeah. again. Chat fatal... wanted me to bring this. Yeah. Yeah. So Fatal Echoes right now, when your UA expires, it has a chance to reapply itself. Uh, so right now, since there's only one UA buff, debuff, it uh, ha- you, if you're stacking the UA, you only get that one. So it artificially says you don't want to stack UA uh, right now uh, because it's now each UA is its own debuff. Fatal Echoes can proc off of each one of those, so that's fun. Um, it's only 6%, so it's not a terrible ma- amount. It's probably going to be like napkin math. It's like a 1% damage increase, but it's still better than C- uh, compounding horror right now. Okay. So it's kind of recommended to grab that. And you get your drain buff, which is okay. Um, so that's just the artifact. Uh, relics, um, there is an awesome thing. It's been linked in the chat. Thank you, Sushi, for that also. He's been a boss with getting all these lists together. Oh, what is uh, this? This is new. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these are the Afrolux. Um, so the right now, um, the kind of ranking, immediate at agony and uh, shadowy incantations. That's 1%. Shadowy incantations is 1% shadow damage, 2% with reap. Um, immediate agony or immitable agony is bonus agony damage times 2 with reap up. Hmm. Um, those are kind of neck and neck. The main thing is shadowy incantations applies to literally everything except soul flame, and immediate agony or immutable agony is only agony. So okay. it's kind of like shadowy incantations and immutable agony are like neck and neck. Um, if you get a relic that's like five that's a higher eye level in the other one, you go with that. But those are like your best relics. Okay. Um, and then after that, it's UA. And then corruption. That's fair. 
Yep. How about uh, legendaries? Do you have like a top three, like not had for demonology? Yeah. Class. Assume. Yeah. So the Hood of Eternal Disdain. There's a lot of confusion about how this works. Gato will confirm me this or call me a complete retard in the chat when I botch this. It is actually not anything that the tooltip describes, and it's instead the class trinket from Wad for Agony. It makes your Agony have <laughs> okay. less duration and tick faster. So it is literally, it accelerates the Agony dot, and that's it. Um, so that's all it does. That's also the best one. Um, the next one is going to be Power Court of Lethedris, which is a one quarter, 25% uh, chance of refund on UA, uh, Soul Shard refund on UA. Um, Sindori Spite is the next one that actually can drop. Uh, you can use that for AF. Uh, you just have to be spec demo or loot drop demo to get it. What? Uh, what is, wait a minute. What is this? There, there should yeah, be no works. cross legendarying. But it's yep. a cooldown that we got, <laughs> and it, it works. So it's a thing. Um, it is not demo specific. We can use it, and huh. it's really good. Uh, the it also makes Felguard not a pile of turd. So Felguard oh. uh, is like three UAs. It's like one shard for three UAs. That's what it is for Af. But Doomguard, it, by the way. I mean Doomguard. Doom yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. it's it, it, um, permanent pet status and whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and then from that, it's Stretton Sleepless Shackles. Shackles. That's the one where every every UA that you have out gives you more damage. The problem with that is UA duration is reduced by haste. Mm -hmm. So you generally don't have more than two UA out, and even then, you can't like spam UA because of shards. Um. Until seven point one, apparently. Sort of. Well, oh, no, even then, yeah, even then, you just don't you don't have enough shards to like just chain UA everywhere. So, right. Um. So that's the big thing. Those it's it's hood, the hood, the power cord, and Sindori Spite. Sindori Spite and the power cord are probably neck and neck. Probably better for Sindori Spite, I would guess. But the hood gives is definitely better because it gives you more uh, shards. Okay. So and I'm gonna we're gonna kind of glaze over trinkets because it's really similar to the yeah. other trinkets. It's this is this is actually affliction trinkets again. We showed demonology earlier. Hey, look at that top trinket there, and then world quest mastery, and then chrono shard. Hey, who'd have thought? <laughs> mastery is your best stat for affliction. Um, you want like twenty percent haste, but mastery is like super, super, super strong. So those are your trinkets. Uh, more future proofing. Got to keep yeah. moving here. The legacy of Aj Akir again. Your tier nineteen set coming in the Nighthold. Two pieces UA deals 50% additional damage over time. Okay. And then four piece agony has a 1.5 times the normal chance to generate a soul shard. So without taking another half an hour to talk about uh, soul shards. Sorry. Um, is that Definitely. just, does that just accelerate the guaranteed window? Like does the guaranteed window come sooner than technically? No, no, that, that, that counter is completely separate. No, this oh, is, really? there's a, okay. there is a, for every shard that you have, there's a modifier for um, what percent chance you have to proc a shard. Sure. Um, and that's the thing that's kind of like curved, so like three targets, whatever. This just times is that by 1.5. You have 50% more shards, roughly. So or sorry, not 50, but yeah, yeah, you have more shard that that much percent more shards. Could that change talent layout then? Because you would you because the same thing happens with not because he's gonna have two possibility of having too many soul shards with it his will bonus. make you a possibly a 100 uptime 
is mm. up possibly depending on your haste but again it's not even that because haste decreases the ua duration so right but it you'll have a much higher uptime on ua um okay that's the main thing so you kind of want to have a rotational stuff during all of that so do you have any closing bits before we go into destruction about how like affliction works and mostly because you find it, you kind of already feature proofed again about 7.1 changes, which actually I wasn't aware of all those changes coming to yeah. 7.1. That's wild. So, like, anything to, to, I mean, I put in here, like, is it just dots, dots, and drain life? But, like, what, what are Roughly, some... that's uh, on single target, that's your rotation. Uh, the thing right. is, is affliction pretty much sucks on single target. Like, that's just the nature of things right now. And that's mm. a balance thing. And Blizzard has to do some things to buff single target only which is either ua or drain okay um so until that happens you're not going to see a lot of like top end parsing on single target with affliction uh, now with multi-target you've got a lot of opportunity for cheesing a lot of mechanics with reap cheesing a lot of mechanics with soul flame mm -hmm. um maintaining your consumption buff so there's there are more intricacies there's a lot more global cooldown usage of trying to make sure you're tagging mobs you're seeding properly, you're getting uh, corruption everywhere for compounding horror for like a little while. And so there's a lot, uh, like, yeah, there's a lot more intricacies with multi-target, multi maintaining all your dots and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. on single target, it is literally dot, 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 maintain UA as much as, as long as possible, as often as possible, and then drain. That's about it. Okay. Is there a... And then your secondary stat priority. That's the last question. Mastery, haste, everything else. So verse and crit, do I have like a meh? Their crit is slightly better, but like if you can have like a set of gear with like 65% mastery and 35% haste, like that's the split of the numbers, you're in excellent shape. You want to <laughs> stay on single target, you want like 20% haste for decent charge gen. And then on multi-target, you want as literally all of the mastery, um, because it scales incredibly well. All of the mastery. Fair enough. Do you have any like closing remarks for your 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 champions of affliction out there? All five <laughs> of us. I think there's <laughs> all two of five them. Hammond is all five yeah. of us. Oh, five. Uh, okay, five. Yeah, yeah. There's like a couple of people on on uh, Warcraft logs that are doing it, but it's like just keep fighting the good fight. It'll maybe get fixed. I doubt it. I mean, it's uh, some I of the things not. you you mentioned. It's <laughs> some of, wow. Some of the things you mentioned about it, like it doesn't sound like they're they're tweaking a couple things that are a little bit busted. So hopefully we'll see a little bit of a better improvement in seven point one. Uh, all I know about affliction from my point of view is that our warlocks go affliction for trash in the raids, and then they go back mm -hmm. to demonology. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's almost what I do right now. And they do like a million plus DPS when you pull like 10 satyrs. It's just like it, they. Yeah, but fair enough. All right, Pyro. Have you. I'm ready. Are your legs ready? <laughs> oh, I'm, they've been ready. They haven't been ready. <laughs> yeah, we can. Uh, I, I uh, probably have one of the, the simpler of the three specs, so it, uh, it'll, yeah. it'll probably be relatively quick, I think. So let's break uh, down Destruction's talents then. Walking through these yep. talents, I'm resetting my my DB, my uh, WoW DB here. So, all right, talents. What, what yeah. we at here with good, the bad, the ugly? So, um, on Destro, 
there's a couple arguments going on about talents. Um, there's a lot of like extrinsic factors that are kind of going to play into which ones you take. There's also some talents and rating that you just don't take. Um, so on the on the level 15 talent tree, one of the biggest, probably the single biggest argument that goes on for Desha right now is backdraft versus roaring blaze. Um, so I'm going to tread lightly here because I know some people are just going <laughs> to get so triggered in the chat. But <clears throat> most people that I've seen for progression are taking backdraft um, over Roaring Blaze. I think that there's a couple of reasons for that. I think it depends on if you have the proper relics to get the most out of Roaring Blaze. Mm. I think it depends on if you can pay enough attention to make Roaring Blaze worth using. I think it depends on what damage your raid needs, first of all. That's pretty important because there, there are two different types of damage that really you can output with it. Um, and so a lot of people are like up in the air about what they want to take. So for Backdraft... Um, it synergizes really well with things like Reverse Entropy that are also on the, the talent tree. So if you don't know, Casting Can Flag reduces the cast type of Incinerate and Chaos Bolt by 30% for 5 seconds. Backdraft is something that we actually used to have built in right. to our class. And again, here we see it as a talent. And uh, there's a couple other things on here that are the, that are the same. Roaring Blaze. So, so here's the thing. Theoretically speaking, mathematically speaking, Roaring Blaze should outdo Backdraft in almost every scenario, whether it's single target or it's two target. Mathematically, it should. But for some reason, for a lot of people, that ends up not being the case. Like I said, there's a lot of things that factor into that, like trinkets, whether or not you have enough haste. There's a lot of different stuff. Most people take the safer option and they go with Backdraft. Um, it really is going to come down to a, a couple things mainly whether or not you suck at using Roaring Blaze. And there's really no way to get around that. Like, some people are just not very good at dot management for some reason. And even though we only have one dot as Destro, it's really hard for them to they, to double stack Roaring Blazes. They obviously need to play Affliction then and learn that, right? they got to learn how to dot management? Yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't play Affliction. Oh, but no. uh, it, Roaring Blaze really isn't wow. that hard. Roaring Blaze really isn't that hard to use, but a lot of people choose to go backdraft instead. I think a lot of people see better results out of it more consistently, so people choose to go with backdraft. I personally play backdraft because I hate Roaring Blaze. That's just my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. And then we have Shadowburn that's also on that tier, which you don't really take on any fight um, ever because the other two just outdo it in overall damage. Uh, so, thing that, before yeah, you move ahead. on, there was all this yeah. hubbub when I was doing all my beta testing that... Shadowburn is going to just be the better choice, and you're just going to, like, spam it just, like, all the time. You're not going to use Soul Shards on Chaos Bolt. It's like, just Shadowburn, all your Chaos Bolts down for better burst damage and more consistent damage. Is that, that is not a thing? Uh, no. No. So, since they went through, since we got all of our buffs and everything, honestly, the damage that you're going to get out of Backdraft or Roaring Blaze, even after they nerfed Roaring Blaze, because it used to be much, much stronger than it is now, even after that... Um, Shadowburn is is not really used. You can pool... One of the main advantages of Shadowburn is that you can cast it at any health now, and you can um, cast it while you're moving. So those are pretty much the only, the only two things that you really get out of it. A lot of fights, it really just isn't going to do that much damage overall. Okay. Um, and especially now that we're getting more crit and more haste, uh, Chaos Bolt's just going to outdo it in, in pretty much any situation. Okay, good. Because I want to make sure that's a dead thing. Alright, so... Next. Yeah, you, you could take Shadowburn in dungeons if you wanted to, because right. I, I, I think it's really good in dungeons. 
Um, on the next talent tree, or the next talent uh, list there, um, so we have Reverse Entropy, Cataclysm, and Mana Tap. Uh, I'll get it out of the way. Mana Tap, as everyone pretty much conclusively tends to agree, is pretty cancer to play with. No one really wants to use it at all. The, one of the biggest things for me with Mana Tap is what it is, is it's a damage increase um, at the cost of mana. And we already have a mana cost or a health cost for mana, that being in life tap. So the fact that if you want to run mana tap, you're really going to have to life tap more is really annoying to use because you're just bouncing back and forth. And honestly, 10% increased damage for 20 seconds isn't isn't really worth it in any situation. Pretty much nobody takes mana tap. Mm -hmm. um, and if they do, it's going to be in conjunction with Roaring Blaze. There's not really a reason to take mana tap with backdraft ever. Or Shadowburn, really, ever, anyway. Um, Cataclysm, still, you really wouldn't take it a raid because it's pretty much just uh, padding. The only fight that I could see someone taking it on is um, Ilganoth, and really not very many people are doing that anyways because a lot of people do just consider that to be straight padding. Right. Um, so the, the most common choice tends to be Reverse Entropy. Reverse Entropy is extremely easy to use, and it makes it so you virtually never have to life tap which is really good because the more damage you take, the more GCDs that you're spending getting your mana back um, that you can reduce, it, the better. So Reverse Entropy tends to be the overall choice for rating. Okay. Um, any questions about those? No, I mean, right. I, was, I was actually going to almost skip over the 45s and 75s here because we know, like, yeah. I mean, Warlocks know and they're getting swapped around and Demon Skin's going down with Demonic Circle and all this other stuff. So mm -hmm. Take Demon Skin. <laughs> take yeah. Demon Skin. If you want mobility, take Burning Rush. If you want another defensive, which is what most people take, then take Dark Pact. I Until 7-1, sure. where you only get to choose. Until 7-1, then you have to take your Demonic Circle, and then you're going to have to choose between Demon Skin and Dark yeah. Pact, which we had, that, we had that discussion earlier. fight-by-fight um, fight thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. As far as, uh, as, far as your 60 talents go, Eradication is generally going to be the go-to. The fact that eradication just increases all damage done to the target by 12% um, is really nice. It, it kind of encourages the play style of chaining chaos bolts, which there's something else that also encourages that. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, so even myself, on pretty much any fight that you play Destro, uh, you're going to take eradication. Again, sure. fire and brimstone is sort of like cataclysm in that it's, it's nice because you're going to have to fill with incinerate no matter what, but it's kind of one of those patty talents, again, where if you're doing priority damage, which you really, that's kind of why you play Destruction. If you're doing priority damage, Eradication is going to do better. Yeah. Um, and then there's Soul Harvest, which pretty much like the other two specs, you don't ever really ever really take that. Uh, it only lasts 10 seconds, increased by 2 seconds for each target that you have Immolate on. And in rating, it, it doesn't really have a have a place it's it seems that soul harvest needs to have a better base and then maybe an easier window to reach to gain like it almost looks like it should be a 15 second space and then you get three seconds for each target up to like five to give you the 30 second window because right now asking you to have freaking what is it 10 targets cross dotted with all the specs like is really punishing on a two yeah. minute cooldown on uh, yeah. that's they need to squish the ceiling and raise the floor. I agree. Feels like because all three of you were just like, "Yeah, this talent is this talent is balls. It's just not good." It's and, better what was there before. Let's be fair. 
Yeah, oh, and okay. the thing about it is Soul Harvest is their knockoff, like, shitty version of... of um, Dark and Ten. Like, inst- yeah, do- like, instability and misery um, and knowledge back from... Knowledge back from uh, <laughs> Mr. Pandaria. And, and um, the thing about it is I think they kind of wanted it to maybe be good, but they didn't want it to be exactly how it was before with Dark Soul. Um, which I kind of I kind of get, but it was nice to have a, just a baseline affects all your spells, damage increased instead of our main uh, DPS CD being a demon. Um, so and we don't even we use a different demon half the time anyway. So when we right. get down to ninety, um, so when we get down to ninety, uh, in my opinion, there's really only two choices. You really wouldn't want to take supremacy in any situation and rating. Because in the situations where people argue that Supremacy would even be viable, you probably should be playing Demonology anyway. Um, the Ooh. thing about it is Service is really nice when it's going to be like your single target go-to with Service, or if there's especially single target where you incorporate movement. Um, fights like Elrith, if you're not really hitting the adds, uh, a lot of guilds have like, there's you just don't need to hit them because there's classes that can take care of them easily on the side. Like Demon um, Hunters. Yeah, like Demon Hunters. Um <laughs> And services also I found really good on like Mythic Ursoc, because um, you're you're moving. Sacrifice can be used, but I from what I've seen um, and how I've played in the other Warlock in my guild, uh, tends to be about two to three million more damage overall coming from service than out of sacrifice. Um, so it's especially good on, on fights where you have to move because you just summon it and you and you, you go. It's instant cast. Grimoire of Sacrifice is really good for things like dungeons. Anytime that there's going to be two targets or even or more stacked on top of each other, or anytime that you're using Roaring Blaze, um, the ticks from Roaring Blaze um, combined with Sacrifice, even if the targets are split apart, is going to be a lot of extra damage going out, whereas Service is really, it's only going to hit one target, right. um, which is whatever you cast it on. Uh, so that's, Grimoire of Sacrifice is often used in conjunction with, with Roaring Blaze on fights like uh, Dragons of Nightmare, um, and if you're not taking Roaring Blaze, that's just Backdraft Reverse Entropy again. Uh, Sacrifice can do a hell of a lot of damage in AoE, especially if you use Reign of Fire, um, which, I mean, in AoE, you probably should be. Um, the ticks, Each tick from Reign of Fire is going to grant a chance to have Sacrifice proc. Um, so it's not uncommon to get into AoE packs and see your Reign of Fire or your Sacrifice at the top of your damage just as, as, as passive damage. Yeah, I mean, they just did... Um just did buff rain of fire to make an instant cast at three soul shards you just drop it like it just plopped down and you can stack rain of fire people always want yeah. to do rain of fire stack yes yes they definitely do so and rain of fire is, is more valuable now in that it doesn't have a cast time i still don't know that it should cost three soul shards like it does hmm. but um it's instant cast now which is god tier uh <laughs> it makes it so much easier because especially if you if you're like doing dungeons or something and you're running Cataclysm, for example, or if you just multi-immolate, then if you're getting really good RNG and getting a lot of shards back, especially if you use it in conjunction with Soul Conduit, which we'll talk about here in a minute, you can drop like three, four Reign of Fires in a row if you get lucky, which does a lot of damage. Um, so that that can... Sacrifice, again, is, is pretty good. I've never really seen anyone take Supremacy, and I don't, I don't personally have any plans to do so. Fair enough. Um... On the last, on the last tree here, I have some pretty strong opinions about some of these talents. Before I talk about exactly what you would use them all for, I think Blizzard had an idea of what they wanted these talents to be like, and I don't think they really came out how they wanted them to. Mm. Wreak Havoc, first of all, I think is fine. I don't think Channel Demon Fire. I don't think it. I personally think that 
if on this last tier, Soul Conduit, in my opinion, probably should be the best single target by a fair margin. Some people technically sim higher with Channel Demon Fire. The thing about Channel Demon Fire is it requi requires you to be in a situation where you don't really have to move very much because it does have a channel cast time, three second baseline reduced by haste. Um, and the thing about it is it's really, it's a, again, it's it's a spell kind of like Mana Tap where it's kind of cancerous to use. Um, it's, it's only got a 15 second cooldown and you kind of use it to fill instead of incinerating where you normally would. It's actually, it's not bad because if you have Ferratory of Souls, one of the legendaries that we'll talk about, um, it's actually it's actually pretty decent, but Soul Conduit, I find, tends to edge ahead of it, especially if there's any movement involved at all. Yeah. Um, and that's on single target. And then... The, the, oh, I was going to say, the, the back in my testing, when I was looking yeah. at specs, because Channel Doomfire has, like, the AoE effect built in, so, like, I was like, okay, so like, you can take, like, Cataclysm, and then you can Channel Doomfire, but... Yeah. It actually came out to what I figured is that Channel Doomfire is a single target spell because it's AoE damage is just garbage. Yeah. So what I think, so it reads over three seconds at random targets afflicted by your emulate. Quite frankly, I think it should be all targets affected by emulate. I yeah. think it should be the, the go-to AoE talent. Yeah. Now, people are immediately going to say, holy shit, that would be overpowered. Yeah, that's why you would tune it to have less damage in AoE, but still be the best talent for AoE. Because right. as of right now, it's kind of a toss-up between Soul Conduit or Wreak Havoc, depending on what type of damage, again, that you're trying to do. Wreak Havoc is easily, hands down, in cleave situations, the best talent. Um, Havoc is a, a very instrumental and important part of Destruction Warlock. It's, I mean, it's their, their unique spell um, that really sets them apart from anything. So Havoc now lasts 20 seconds and has no cooldown. That that allows for immediate target swapping with no cooldown on Havoc to wait for. You're immediately able to begin cleaving onto a second target. And the specialty really of Destruction Warlock is that you can cleave onto a second target without really losing any single target damage onto the primary target because almost all of our abilities are single target abilities that replicate onto the Havoc target. Yep. Um, that's why a lot of people... Uh, play Destruction on Ursoc, even though Demonology is fine, it does a lot of damage to Ursoc, uh, it allows Destrolox to also cleave onto the add without losing any damage onto Ursoc. Um, and that's why it's also in incredibly good on um, on Dragons of Nightmare, because you're always going to have two targets to hit, whether it's the adds that come out, which are a priority, or whether you're cleaving between the two bosses or the two others that rotate in. And not to uh, not to open an old wound, but because you talked yeah. about this, and I, I, I remember this from Beta, Roaring Blaze, if you're attacking one target and you wreak Havoc or Havoc with a target, doesn't the Conflag, Roaring Blaze, emulate damage go to the other target as well? Yes. So if you, yeah. if you Havoc a target, you would want to... Like in the, like in the opener of Dragons, for example, Prepot... Cast your incinerate, immediately hit one of the dragons with havoc, and then double immolate both of them so you get the highest immolate duration through pandemic on both. Yep. And then you would double conflag to get the strongest, the strongest uh, roaring blaze rolling that you possibly could. As soon as conflag comes off cooldown, when you have about 13 seconds left on your immolate, you'd hit it again to three stack it, and then you'd wait for the next rotation of conflag CD to come through to reapply, and you you just keep it going. So it's really important and instrumental in fights where you're going to be cleaving with Roaring Blaze. Um, and Backdraft and Reverse Entropy, I mean, for a lot of people, seems to be able to pull out very competitive numbers in the same aspect, just because you're always hitting two targets. And you'll see it when you watch VODs of kills from Dragons of Nightmare. Um, the Warlocks are always either on top or, like, second to S Priest, feels bad, man. And then, um, like, Mages are usually up there, too. So it's... Uh, Wreak Havoc is, is really powerful. 
Yeah, I, so mean, con- I was gonna. Uh, oh, the one last thing I wanted to bring up too was that it, it kind of feels, it, which is weird, that Roaring Blaze, in its fundamental in that regard, is is very similar to Shadowflame, in like how it works with a three stacking mechanic that it does actually like triple stack in that regard. And again, Shadowflame yeah. for demonology, triple stacking is the best, but it's a builder, whereas yeah. Destruction, because of Conflag, is also a builder. They're very yeah. similar. Let me let me say this, because this is really important. When we get into next tier and we get our tier sets, it's right. probably not going to be a question of backdraft versus ro- Roaring Blaze. Mm. Because you're, and we'll touch on that, obviously. Your two-piece is going to yeah. give you a third stack of Conflag and reduce the CD by two seconds baseline. So that's, that's yeah. probably one of the strongest two-pieces that exists for next tier. And um, that's going to make Roaring Blaze pull ahead, I would say, <laughs> relatively substantially um, anytime that you're going to be playing Destruction. Okay. The last thing was uh, Soul Conduit again. You can use it in AOE if it's just going to be pure AOE. It's nice to get refunds on your on your uh, fire, arena fire, and things like that. And then when you're moving a lot, it's pretty good. So, oh, is it four piece? Did they switch two piece and four piece? Well, then that's then there you go. I kind of figured that they would because the two piece was really strong. So if they did switch them, then there you go. So, oh, still well, important. I though. still have the 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 notes that I have in the show are incorrect then because yeah. Well, we brought it up now, so we'll just flip-flop real quick to go over Tier 19, because we talked about the talents and these kind of affected. So I had, so now technically your two-piece on Legacy of of uh, Aj Akir would be you know, casting Chaos Bolt reduces the cast of your next Chaos Bolt by 20% for two seconds, yeah. basically the next Chaos Bolt. So, and then Which... your four-piece now would be the Conflag is three charges at a three-second reduced recharge cooldown. Three second. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and that's and I I personally think that's probably how it should be. I would have been happy to have a really strong um a really strong two piece, but I think it probably makes more sense to have it the other way around. The two piece, hmm. that's what I was talking about that um kind of wants to push you towards using eradication because it's it's encouraging chaining chaos bolts, right? Which eradication when you chaos bolt, that's what puts the debuff on the target. So it really kind of enforces that playstyle, and I think combined with wreak havoc again is gonna is gonna make it even stronger. So, yep. Fair enough. So now I'm gonna go backwards yep. and go to the scepter of Sargeras. You wanna walk okay. me through the the golden dragons and the artifact path real quick here for your yeah. Let artifact? me get this pulled up here. So yeah, the first thing obviously you're gonna have to take your dimensional ripper dimensional. Um, or Dimensional Rift, sorry. Dimensional Rift is really important because it's one of the only abilities that we can cast while we're moving. So uh, a lot of people ask how to how really to properly use it because um, it does have three charges on a 45-second recharge, and there's not really like a set way that you have to use it. I would certainly use one in the opener at least to get the, char- the recharge rolling so you're not wasting the duration of a cooldown. Right. Um, and then I personally, on a lot of fights, use it when I have to move and I don't have a conflag. Um, I feel like the damage made up using some type of ability while you're moving is going to be more beneficial than dumping all three of them in a certain period of time throughout a fight. For progression, like when you're on farm, it'll, it might be better to do it that way. But I, I think on progression, especially as Destro being as movement hindered as it is, um, that's going to be the best time to use them is just when you have to move, when you're forced to move for like Roaring Cacophony or Miasma on, um, on like Ursoc, for example. After that, there's a couple traits that we immediately want to go for. So you, you have to take Flames of the Pit, of, of course. And then you would actually go down to um, Eternal Struggle. So Eternal Struggle, after casting Life Tap, you take 9% less damage for 6 seconds on the third rank. 
who gives a shit? Like, it doesn't matter because we have such a passive shield anyway. 9% less damage is completely... It doesn't mean anything, really, on most fights. And then you go down to Impish Incineration. So Impish Incineration normally increases the damage of your Imp's Fell Firebolt, um, Firebolt by 18%. And Supremacy, it increases your Doomguard's Doomball by 18%. But one of the biggest things for it is what it does for Grimmar of Sacrifice. It, decre it increases Demonic Power damage by 50%. So if you're ever going to use Grimmar of Sacrifice, uh, you should probably have this trait before you do it because it's going to be doing a hell of a lot more damage when you have it. Now, does that mean that it is a 50% amp, like it's a of the damage it does, or does it make the spell power coefficient stronger for sacrifice? That's a very mathy question, but I always that's wonder a, about yeah. I always wonder about when they when they say like, you know, it, mm -hmm. it says it increases the damage of something by 50%. So, it would take the roll from the sacrifice proc and then give it a 0.5 like so I, that, that like mathematical questions like that, quite frankly, are probably going to be better aimed at Gatto to answer. Um, as far as the mathematical side of how it's the how same exactly thing. Gatto says same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Times by one point five equals damage. Sure. Yeah, sure there you go. Sure, sure. There you go. Uh, after that, you're actually going to go straight up um, to Burning Hunger, which is the Immolate talent right above Eternal Struggle, and get all three of those. That's going to increase Immolate's critical strike chance by a maximum of 24%, which is really substantial, especially when you start using Roaring Blaze. Um, but one of the biggest reasons is to get to Lord of Flames right above it. So Lord of Flames, contrary to popular belief, is um, not necessarily a popular belief, but some people believe that it's not that, that good. When you compare summoning an Infernal um, with the Lord of Flames to a Doom Guard, Lord of Flames does more damage, even on a single target. So once every 10 minutes, Summon Infernal will summon three additional, they're like little baby Infernals, to yep. serve you for 25 seconds. And the damage that is outputted by those small Infernals in conjunction with the primary Infernal does more damage than a Doom Guard. And then especially when you factor in multiple targets, it's not even, it's not even a question. It is certainly more damage. The thing about it is it does have a 10 minute cooldown on it, so you need to be kind of careful about where you want to use this. One of the biggest changes for Warlocks is that our main CD, being the Doom Guard or Infernal that we summon, is only on a three-minute cooldown now. So you can only utilize Lord of Flames pretty much one time in a fight, unless it's a really long fight. So if you're going to be it, lusting... Does it reset, ahead. like, on boss resets? Because there's no way to track the debuff. Is there just, like, the buff on you? Yes, and it resets on death as well. So okay. if you die, it gets rid of the debuff as well. Okay. Ideally, you don't die, but... Um, if you're going to be lusting and burning like on a single target fight, you might as well just use the Infernal whenever you're going to be lusting and then use Doomguard every other time. If there's, for some reason, a cluster of adds that you're going to benefit on, maybe Ilganoth or something like that, right. I still I still would probably save Infernal for the burn phase inside, but um, some I've seen some people use their Infernal probably just to pad, honestly. Um, but then after that, we go up from just north of Flames of the Pit to Devourer of Life. Drain Life has a 45% chance to increase its damage and healing by 25% for 15 seconds again. You don't have to go through those... all of these, by the way, Pyro. Yeah. We're gonna... Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, so you go through Devourer of Life. Negligible doesn't really matter. Cool, you get some more healing. You go to Residual Flames, which increases Immolate damage by 18% at the top. So that's, again, really important if you're going to be using Roaring Blaze. And then you would take Conflagration of Chaos, um, which is your second golden trait. And it guarantees your next can flag critically strikes and increase its damage by your crit strike chance. So you can have can flags hit for like 350k. Um, at my gear, at least. I'm 870, so. Um, after that, as far as whether you go 
the very last trait that you're going to want to take is Planeswalker, which is the one that's over on the left by itself. Yeah. Um, that's the very last one. We'll keep that out but, of the way. But, as far as, but that serves really well with your legendary right now. <sighs> Listen to me right now. That legendary, <laughs> we're not talking about the, We're not talking about it. Okay. When you At go least down, you have a legendary. Oh, there it is. There it is. That's true. When you go down through Master of Disaster or Rain or uh, Fire from the Sky, um, for single target, obviously, Master of Disaster is going to be better because it increases incinerate damage. I personally went with Fire from the Sky because overall, anytime that there's going to be adds or anything, three or, three or more targets stacked on top of each other, especially since Rain of Fire is now instant cast, I went with Fire from the Sky before I went with the others. Then, of course, you have to take Demonic Durability to get down to the next ones. From there, you would take Soul Snatcher, uh, which is the Chaos Bolt uh, thing right there, um, which has a chance at 15% for all three ranks to refund a soul shard. That's pretty good. 15% is not excellent, but it's not terrible. And then you take Chaotic Instability, which increases crit strike damage of Chaos Bolt by 8%, which just scales your Chaos Bolt. And then you would take Dimensional Ripper. Incinerate has a 5% chance to grant a charge of Dimensional Rift, which is actually terrible in my opinion, but 5% <laughs> is looks so pretty, low. Looks pretty bad. It's so low, dude. It's like, that's it's easily the the worst of the three golden traits. And, what and I then you take... What I, oh, what I remember about this is that it's the cast of Incinerate that actually has the chance. Nothing to do with, like, Fire and Brimstone or multiple targets or, like, when it lands. It's actually just the finishing of the cast has a chance, correct? Um, With Dimensional Ripper? Yes, Dimensional Ripper. Should be, should be on, like, the finish of the cast, yes. Right, like yeah, on, yeah, yeah. On actual cast of the, of the spell. Right. Um, and then... That's, that's pretty much it for the weapon, as far as the way you'd get it. So, immediately go down to Impish Incineration, go up and get Lord of Flames, go up and get Conflag of Chaos. However you want to go through the middle, honestly, it's your choice. Um, and don't, please, God, don't take Planeswalker until the very last trait, because it's it's just not very good. That's fair. So, uh, Okay, Legendary tier list then, sir. Yes, so um, the Legendaries are relatively straightforward with Destro. The number one, we talked about this earlier where we have like cross-spec legendaries and Not and I kind of spoke about it briefly before we started about how um, it, it really shouldn't be this way because Sindari's Spite is the best of all of the the um, legendaries for destruction as well. Um, that's the yeah. one that gives you increased, yeah, that's the one that gives you increased damage after you summon your, um, your big demon um, on the three minute ICD. And the thing about it is you have to be spec'd into Demonology loot spec to even receive it as a drop, which is kind of sketchy because if you're someone that really likes destruction and wants to main destruction, it gives you the chance of getting a Demonology legendary that you that's don't that you don't want. Exactly. And for progression raiders, you probably should be playing both of the specs most of the time anyway. I don't um, I, I guess I feel I'm I'm curious to why this is even a thing. And if this ever gets into anyone at Blizzard's ears, I pretty sure they should just make legendaries lock to a spec which they may not want to do because you want to have the stats nope, for other specs <laughs> but that's a little bit egregious because now but are there any of the elemental ones really good for enhancement yeah because that's I, that should that really shouldn't be a thing you guys Honestly, are all giggling see. at chat and stuff but yeah they're even, dying over that i don't know what's going on i'm know. not reading chat it's too distracting no. but um it is it is certainly um, a, a probably the best the best legendary overall. Um, and the fact that it works for both is gonna be is gonna be good. Second to that is I would say Feratory of Souls. That's the belt that gives you a percent chance to refund um or percent chance to generate a soul shard upon casting a fire spell. Pretty much everything that we cast, ex with the exception of um, 
Shadow Burn and Chaos Bolt is a fire spell, so it's it's pretty good. You'll see a lot of warlocks using that. Next to that is Magic Strike Restraints, um, which is the actual Destro Bracers. Um, that gives your your Chaos Bolt a chance to multi-strike essentially onto another target. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, Odir Shawl of the Yurmar, um, which gives your when the target that you have Havoc um, takes eight uh, percent increased damage. So if you can get Cinderace Spite, if not, pray that you get Feratory of Souls. Um, or Magic Striker Strains. Other than the ones that I mentioned, the others aren't aren't exactly great, like my legendary legs. Okay. And for the sake of time, uh, I'm going to yeah. bring up another gigantic sim by Gato about trinkets, which doesn't look really any different, almost. Here, here you go, chat. It's so different for destruction. Oh my. I mean, instead of being unstable, 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 the spiked tongue sneaks in there. <laughs> yep. And then it's right <laughs> below it again. Um, however, you do have, like, Oakheart's Gnarled Root shows up here, which doesn't show up for the other ones. And then Spike Tongue Shock Baton are a little higher. So a little bit of variation. But again, the big thing to take away from this as well, even scrolling all the way down to, like, the bottom ranked 865, all the way to the top, like, Trinket diversity, like, in eye-level scaling, like, the damage gains are so tiny. Yep. But yeah. your world quest trinkets for destruction aren't as high as the other two specs so but no and that's going to be pretty common i think with casters overall the arcana crystal is just going to be powerful no matter what one thing you have to keep in mind when you're looking at like spike tongue and stuff is those are pretty high titan forge versions like 888 75 as you get in the higher mythic pluses you're going to have a higher chance to get those obviously um because of the the floor for item level but um if you can get Pretty much it goes, if you can get any Arcana Crystal, get it. If you can get a really nice Titanforge, Spike Tongue, Oak Hearts, or um, Shock Baton, then go for it. Other than that, the trinkets, like you said, the damage is so so negligible between them. It's really going to come down to going and simming your own character to figure out the difference between two and, trinkets. And a big, a, a big weird point of this, too, is that, like... Nightmare. I mean, we have Trial of Valor coming out two weeks, at, you know, the week after BlizzCon, the Tuesday after BlizzCon, the 8th of November, and that has new trinkets coming in that, as well as Karazhan has new trinkets as well. So obviously mm-hmm. this, this can definitely change. Something we really can't look forward to future-proof the show in that regard is trinkets, so yeah. Warlock Discord for that. Um, yep. But Nightmare trinkets, like, almost are, like, all just, like, bad. Yeah, they're all they're pretty terrible. They're so bad. Like, they're I have really one. Bad. Swarming Plague is good. Yeah, Plague Hive swarming, is good. Yeah, Swarming Plague is the, the one exception. Every, right. Pretty much every other trinket in the instance is trash. I have the same... Uh, it's weird that Swarming Plague Hive is good for you. It's also good for me, but then I also get the instinct. But the other Ursoc trinket for Strength Melee is like, did they mess that up and it should stack more? Like, there are... Yeah. Uh, Ian talked about it last week on the Q&A. So, mm-hmm. they need to... They're... Yeah, mm, they're not... Yeah. Um, right. And, Kind of leading into that, um, stat priority is yes. a big thing. So our weights were recently updated thanks to, I believe it was Gato who did that. Um, they were, they're still in the same order that they were before. Stat weights are just a little different. So the stat priority, of course, is um, intellect is is actually like equal to haste. Haste is incredibly valuable for Warlock up until a certain point. And then it's crit and then versatility over mastery. So um, the mastery... Mastery is actually terrible for Warlock because it has a chance to give you a random amount of bonus damage up to a certain point scaling with haste um, and a random chance to 
have you take less damage. So mastery is absolutely terrible. Like while you might have every once in a while those chaos bolts that hit really high, um, kind of like you mentioned earlier, they need to kind of like raise the floor on it um, and make it more consistent because it's so RNG at this point. It's just not. It's just not good. There should be some um, RNG. It's kind of a fun moment when you throw out a chaos bolt that's like a lot larger than another one. But obviously, consistency yeah. for raiders, like we I've talked about this before in the past shows. You don't want there's not as much RNG in, in Legion, thankfully. There's no multi strike, there's no a lot of that that nonsense is gone. Not RNG yeah. to the Destro guy. Right. Yeah, it's like Yeah. I don't know. It having consistent damage through haste and crit, especially because crit is just a straight um damage essentially scaling for Chaos Bolt, mm -hmm. um, is just gonna it's gonna be a lot more valuable and versus exactly what it is, just a, a damage increase. Mm -hmm. Um real quick, because I know I know you, you want to kind of get this closed here uh, as far as relics as far as relics for yeah, the weapon go yeah. if you can get immolate crit damage or immolate damage and you play roaring blaze go for that if you can't soul snatcher is not a bad option that's the one that gives you a percent chance to have a soul shard refunded upon casting chaos bolt um for destro if you can get immolate damage relics they're like and you play roaring blaze they're likely going to be better than a couple item levels here and there um, if they're not immolate damage, literally go with whatever is going to be the highest item level, or I would lean towards Soul Snatcher over sh shit like life tap damage reduction, obviously. Of course, of course. Whatever. Un unless um, you're a PvP or min-maxing. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, aside from that, do's and don'ts of the spec, I mean, yeah. one thing you're going to want to do is just minimize your movement as much as possible. Make sure that you're using Havoc appropriately and figuring out whether or not Havoc is going to be... Wreak Havoc is going to be the best option on a particular fight. It's usually pretty straightforward if it is. Um, consistent Cleave is going to be the way to go. Chain Chaos Bolts when you can for the Eradication buff. Um, and some of the some of the other things. Utilize Weak Auras. One nice thing about Destruction, I guess, in a way, is that our Chaos Bolt damage isn't Trinket proc dependent has it as it has kind of been in the past before like siege for example where we were having four million five million chaos bolts um the the trinkets that we have now just do damage so you still need to use weak ores especially for things like backdraft and just be aware of what's going on with your character right um but aside from that i think i think bring, that's pretty much it bringing in the cat um, tax now at the end of the show <laughs> one <laughs> one last thing is that the spec is kind of RNG because the only guaranteed source of income uh, for shards is through Conflag. Like, Immolate nice. is questionable. Sometimes you'll get screwed by Immolate. Sometimes you'll get lucky procs. And I think that that needs to certainly be looked at because unless you have Ferratory of Souls, um, then you don't really have a consistent or even relatively consistent with the exception of Conflag, um, source of soul shards. And that's that's really why I wish we could go back to Embers, because it was so damn consistent. It wasn't having to worry about whether or not your emulate was going to give you procs, because you could generate um, your your res your primary resource just through using your filler. So. Fair enough. Well, not brought in the cat. Do you want to bring your cat in real quick, Taryn? I mean, I have a, I have a cat. My cat's a bitch, so I'm gonna let her sleep. <laughs> my oh, okay. My cat's my cat's nice. He won't hurt me. That's my fair cat enough. will literally kill me in my sleep, so I'm I'm gonna let her sleep instead. Well, that that is basically everything. A little over the time, but again, we we went through a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, there's a whole bunch of things linked in there. Of course, I'll have a lot of stuff linked in the YouTube description box below if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, there's that's a thing, and I think is there anything else you want to? make sure to, to note on 
Terran, make warlocks great no. again. Oh, mm. warlocks are great again. Just, just a shout out to the boys at the warlock Discord, keeping the memes fresh. The boys, oh, <laughs> all the boys, <laughs> all the boys. We out here. Oh goodness! But anything else to touch on before we we close this out? We good? Oh, no, cat's away! Not. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're oh good. gosh! Oh no! Fire mage reroll imminent. Peace, boys. I'm out. There we go. Okay. There's oh, no. cat. There's another cat. There's cat. There's kitty. All right, we're gonna put you down before you kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pyro has to come off for the end of the show. Sign out. I don't. I don't. What? What is? What? what there he is. Okay, he has to be back for the end of the show. Okay. I'm good. We're good. Well, it's it's button time then, gentlemen. It's. Indeed. It is button time. There it is. So that's how the show is going to work. Of course, I'll, I'll take some feedback and I'll, I'll wiggle things around. But I want to make sure that we're covering a ton of information on these shows. And not just kind of, like, again, like just like talking about the specs, but really getting into the nitty gritty. And hopefully future proofing a little bit more for like 7.1 and beyond. So thank you very much for being here for episode 119. Of course, the show is, will go up on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hello. And also the show goes on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. Uh, Google Play Music, Google Play Radio, Google Play Music, I believe. Again, thank you. Shout out to Discord for sponsoring the show. Check the links below, of course, if you want to join the different Discord servers. It'll link you to my channel guide. Check down there. And as well, make sure you join the Final Boss TV Discord if you want to ask me questions for upcoming shows when I prompt you to do so. But around the table again real quick. We'll start from the, the, the caboose this time. There's Pyro talking about Destro stuff. You can go follow him on Twitter. Oh my goodness. Twitter at wherever you wherever you have them at. Pyromancer Sarge. Yeah, it's below, it's a lower third, alright? It's below you. It's right there. Jeez, it's weird. There it is. There you go. There you go. Thank you for on the show again, sir. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. What is what oh okay, then Taryn has a message. Draw it's backwards. Is it's it backwards? I forgot. <laughs> yeah, his screen Oh no. What was your what's Camera your message? Just praise, guys. Just oh, jeez. There's <laughs> Taryn. You can go follow him on yes. Twitter at Taryn underscore Fred. And of course, you can poke him in the Discord and make sure he doesn't mess up on SimCraft. There's, yes. there's. Thank you very much for the first time, sir. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. The, the more you harass me, the faster you get uh, SimCraft done. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, and there's, there's Not. You can go follow him, of course, on Twitter at Knots Warlock. And again, I'll link you to his weak auras and stuff in the. Oh, chat's going sour, please, crazy, but... Sour, please, for what? Oh, no. I don't know what's happening. Probably because you, they wanted you to put back on the shades. There they are. Oh, the shades are on. I'll have to make sure the thumbnail for this episode is with you with the shades on, because otherwise they won't understand. So, yeah. thank you very much for watching. Again, you can follow the stream below the stream and stuff like that. Next week, again, is Rogue. Rogue next week. I do not have all the guests worked out for that, but it'll be Rogues. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter. And uh, Facebook, if you want updates on those, of course. So I'll get those figured out for you in the next couple of days. And then after that episode, will be a pre-BlizzCon special with two or three nerds that you may or may not have seen before. We'll talk about BlizzCon and predictions and just have a have a good old time. And then after BlizzCon, I'll be sitting down with Nobel and hopefully Nixium to talk about what happened at BlizzCon and all the, the hype when I get back home. So thank you all very much for watching. I really appreciate it. Trust in your... Oh, God. What is it called again? I didn't... I looked in game. I couldn't remember. What's the coin? The, the reroll coin. The curious coin? No, oh, no the no. reroll. No, 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 no. That's, no, that's the bad coin. That's the bad coin. I can't... Uh, I don't know. I just buy them and use them. Fate. Yeah, same. Yeah. Broken fate? Is it broken fate? Broken Seal fate. of broken gold. That's what I call Seal it. Seal of broken, broken gold. gold. 
Well, Ian did say they want to make it better. So they want to make broken seals better. But you trust trust in the, the seal of broken fates, everybody. Thank you very much for watching. And until next week. Wave, wave, wave by at the people. Wave by more. Yeah, they, that, that. Are you dabbing on my show? Is it over? <laughs> oh, oh, God. Are you going to end it? Did you cut it? Oh, boy.